You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Podeskew Podcast is a proud member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody on the train, all aboard, you snooze, you lose. Buy my loot boxes. Not you! Get off the train! Don't let him on. Oh, okay. All right, listen here, Greenhorn. I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about how to conduct a podcast. First thing you need to know is never stay on topic ever. Uh, sir? What do you want? Uh, people are complaining about the Venom movie still. I don't care. Feed them Justice League or something. Get them off my back. Copy. But, sir, it says in the book that you need to stay on topic as a podcast. Screw the book, Greenhorn. The book was written by dinosaurs. Second thing you need to know is never report news that's not at least two or three weeks old. Uh, sir? What do you want? People are complaining about the Pokemon Go update. I don't care. Just... Gag them! Or something! Shut them up! On it. Uh, sir? What do you want, Greenhorn? I think the train might be going off the rails. That's exactly how we run this show. This is the Crazy Train of Thought podcast, brought to you by the Idiot Savants. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. www.crazytrainofthought.com Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero light mate Rico. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Number one hundred is what's up. Holy shit on a stick! <laughs> right. I was. I would say people have been listening to us for a hundred weeks, but I don't think anyone's listening. So really, it's just us talking for a hundred weeks. It, if you really, if we're thanking anybody, we should be thanking the two of us. You know, just for. Listen to us every week. Yeah, for we, putting up with each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> no. buddy. Yeah, right, right back at you, bud. No, for all, all kidding aside, we do have a. We know we have several people that do listen on a pretty fairly regular basis. So, um, thank you to the, you guys as well for putting up with us for a hundred weeks <laughs> or a hundred episodes. Um, and before we get into the big celebrations, I do need to give a quick shout out to uh, Debbie. Because today is her birthday. So, I saw. Ha- yeah. So happy birthday, Deb. We had a nice party for her yesterday. It was fun. Nice. Because today's Potaskew Day, which one of my other friends said, wow, that show's more important than your girl. <laughs> I said, no, but, you know, scheduling and whatnot. So. Right. Well, happy birthday, Debbie. And Absolutely. Congratulations for achieving another year with that idiot in that room. Don't talk about my dog like that. I was not talking about the dog. <laughs> so I'm talking uh, about the idiot who named the dog that name. Hey, that was a that was a joint. That was a collaborative effort. Thank you. Bur- birthday or not, you're all idiots. 
Well, you're an idiot, so fuck you. All right. Yeah. All right. We 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 can swallow our own. <laughs> okay, we're off to a roaring start today, aren't we? What? How? How? You know? Yeah, it's our 100th episode, but it ain't gonna be any different than the usual bullshit we've done for the past 99 fucking episodes. Which might be why nobody's listening. <laughs> so, well, anyway, being that it is the 100th episode of Potterskew, and we do primarily talk about movies and films and all those things, and there is, as we've discussed before, there is a distinct difference between a movie and a film. Um, Absolutely. We decided to pull up AFI, that's the American Film Institute, for those of you not familiar. We pulled yes. up AFI's 100 Years... 100 movies. Now, mm-hmm. they put that list out originally in 1997, but then they up, they updated it 10 years later in 20 or 2007. So, mm-hmm. we are using the 2007 list. However, um what works for us is it tells you where some of these movies were ranked in the 97 list, so we'll be able to discuss the comparison and where they moved cuz some of them have moved quite a bit. Like I'm yeah. I'm and we're going to get into a lot of these, but I mean, I'm doing quick scans over here and like the deer hunter and raging bull look to be like two of the biggest jumps that I can see. No, I'm sorry. The searchers, I think is the biggest jump. And I don't even know what that is. That's from 1956, but that moved up 84 spots from 96. Hmm. So, and yeah, there's going to be some, there's going to be some movies that are missing. Like, yeah, definitely. Are, we're looking at this list and we're like, this is kind of a fragmented, outdated fucking list even in for 20 2007 standards like where the hell's the 2017 one like let's get this a little update for christ's sake yeah 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 um i'm wondering if they're waiting for maybe 20 years this time so that would be 27 maybe i don't know yeah i don't really i don't really want to wait that fucking long for them to include the avengers for christ's sake you know well, see, and that's a good question, and I don't want to get into a whole Marvel debate because we've discussed those movies ad nauseum, but do you, would the Avengers be on here? I think at least one of them. Which, I think, I if think... you had to pick one, you could only pick one of the four Avengers, so Civil War doesn't count as much of it, as much as it's almost an Avengers movie. So one Marvel MCU film? No, one Avengers, just of the one four Avengers. Avengers. Um, yeah. I would exclude Infinity War and Endgame because they feel like one long movie, which we've talked about. So right. I feel like you can't really have one without the other. So, and I, I mean, as much as I like age of Ultron and I find it underrated, I, I think, yeah, you could put the first Avengers on there. Yeah. It's I, a great, it's a great film and it's also a great movie. It's both. And as, as we'll get into with this list, I, and as I've scanned over it, I'm noticing that my mentality seems to shine with this, but like my thought is if you're going to have a, series or a trilogy or whatever you have to put the first one on the list because without the first one you don't get the subsequent films but i mean just like an episode we did recently where we talked about sequels and shit it's like i would i could see terminator 2 on this list over terminator 1 yes it's the og but you know the whole you got to respect it because it's the original thing can only go so fucking far you sure you gotta you gotta acknowledge like because if I remember correctly, Godfather 2 and Godfather 1 are both on this list. Uh, I only saw the one, but let me double check. You keep talking while I look. But like, if, if I'm really being honest, yeah, Star Wars is a fucking cultural achievement and it's, a you know, and, and it's the OG. But come on, dude. Empire, 
Empire for sure. You know, I don't. Not to mention, it's more of an impressive film. You know, it, and I'm talking the original theatrical version way back right. in eighty. You know, right. eighty is you know not even the new releases and the re-releases and the Lucas edition and the fucking Disney edition, the McClunky edition. I'm <laughs> talking fucking you know just Empire compared to A New Hope is just a complete step up in the right direction. Sure, not no, there's and a I, step up. Not and I, there's a step up in the wrong direction unless you're going literally on the wrong steps. <laughs> well, and yeah, I mean, and I don't disagree with you on any of that, but it it does seem from looking over this list with the exception of the Godfather, because mm-hmm. you are right. There are no sequels on this list except for Godfather two. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting. God, God the, the tagline for why Godfather two is on this list is it's not three. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, um, but we'll get into that. So, if we're going to start, we're going to go right down to number 100. And it's actually, you know, it's a classic I feel like I, I, feel like I should have seen and I have mm-hmm. not seen. Mm-hmm. And that's Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur, I want to say I've seen. I, re- I remember seeing it when I was a kid with my dad. Because that's, that's a total Ron movie. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Chariots and shit and... But I'm trying to remember because I know I've seen Spartacus. I'm trying to remember if Spartacus had a chariot scene, and I'm and I'm confusing the two. You I think they I mean? both because have. I, honestly, I think they both have a chariot scene. Now, with how similar they are to each other is a whole different conversation. But well, they're also made within a year of each other, I believe. So uh, well, they're right here next to it. It's sixty for Spartacus and fifty. Not, yeah, you're 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 right. So so it's. I'm going to say that I've seen them both because I'm pretty positive I've seen them both. But apart from like two scenes of Spartacus, I really honestly couldn't tell you which one was a different film. Right. And honestly, the closest I've come to seeing any of them, and I know this is terrible and people are going to loot, give me a bunch of shit about them. Well, if anyone listened, but uh, his. Jay's going to give you shit. Yeah, Jay's going to give me shit. You ever listened to, you ever seen, I think we've talked about this before, but I forget the answer. Have you ever seen Any Given Sunday? The Pacino, Jamie Foxx football movie? Um, not 100%, no. Okay, so there's a scene where Jamie Foxx's character, the quarterback, goes to Pacino, the coach's house, for dinner. D'Amato? Is that his name? D'Amato, yeah. So they, they go, and it's Willie Beeman for the quarterback, if you were going to use character name. So Beeman goes okay. to see D'Amato at his house for dinner. Mm-hmm. And in the background the whole time is one of those two movies playing. I'm not certain which. I think it's been her, but I'm not certain. I mean, obviously, I mean, we'll get to Spartacus when we get to Spartacus, or we just say, hey, we talked about number fucking yada yada and number fucking 100. Two for one in one, in one conversation. Um, for me, Kirk Douglas, you know, Kirk Douglas is one of those golden age film stars that we did just lose like that's yeah. the thing is, yeah um i think i think i liked his performance in Twenty Thousand leagues out of the sea more than spartacus I although that, so. he's pretty entertaining in spartacus well yeah and again i haven't seen that so i can't really speak to that but there's a, i'm gonna tell you right now one of the things we talked about discussing on the show today and I, i'm 
I'm guessing a number here, but looking at the list, I think it's safe to say I've only seen about 25% of these. That seems to be about an accurate number. I mean, I didn't check these off because for some reason in my thing, I can't check it off, but I can go back to the earlier list that I was checking off. Um, I mean, I think I've seen probably 50%. Yeah, well, I, I would think you've seen more. And that's not meant any other way except that you just watch more movies than I do. Yeah. You know, um... I probably have seen a lot of the... Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Duchess potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi. All new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. The silent, more of the silent shit than you. I mean, if you give me, like, I'll try and still talk while we're doing this, but I'm I'm going to check off some more just to get an average. Yeah, I'm doing it while we're talking, too, but we'll, I'll go to number 99, and this one I know you've seen, and that's Toy Story. And you've talked oh, pretty yeah. extensively about that movie previously, about how much you like that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I, I was... I think it was just I I hit the right time for it. You sure. were a little older, so. Um, well, but that doesn't I mean, mean you, I don't appreciate anime or animation. I should say anime. Because, um, well, no, because I mean, like I I know you're not a fan, but I liked Cars. I didn't have a problem with Planes. I liked Up. I liked Wally. Mm-hmm. You know, which by the way, with all this pandemic shit, we're getting really fucking close to Wally. But that's, <laughs> you know, that's a whole nother conversation. But. You know, so I, I've seen, you know, like, I like animated movies. It's just that Toy Story just didn't grab me. And maybe to your point about I was too old, you know, by the time it came out. And it's a different kind of feel. I don't know. You know? That's super weird. I'm, I, I, I'm not, not answering what you just said. I checked off what I'd seen and it didn't give me an updated thing. It just What do you mean said, an updated thing? It says at the bottom, it says, you've seen zero of the 100. I'm like, the fuck I did. I just checked off like a bunch of them. I don't know. Um, All right. I, I, I'm i going to guess me. I'm going to say just as, as I was eyeballing it, maybe 60 to 75 percent. I've seen a decent amount of them. But for those keeping track, you guys can gauge what I've seen, what I haven't seen. So, so moving on from Ben-Hur, Toy Story, I think... I think it's 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 really interesting to watch as an adult now because the animation still holds, but it's still it's a little dated compared to other Pixar films. I mean, what? even from like Monsters Inc. to Toy Story, it's, and that's it's, another one that I liked. I liked Monsters Inc. But there are definitely there are more Pixar movies that I would have put on this list than just Toy Story. But by that argument of the OG yeah. belongs on here. Yeah. 
I can I can agree with that because before Toy Story, there was no full length CGI movie. That's 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 the recognition of Toy Story. It's the oh, first for sure. yeah. CGI 100 percent film. Um, but I would definitely like I think um, Inside Out for for personally for me, if I was making Rico's top 100 films Inside Out. Uh, would be way above. I, I got to agree. Inside Out's really good. I I I like that movie for a multitude of reasons. But yeah, right. that's a really good movie. Um, yeah, I I and, I can't and maybe that's that. what we should have done before we did this. We should have done our own 100 top movies or some shit. Well, see what happens when we don't plan. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Toy Story has. Tom Hanks, it's got Tim Allen, it's got a voracious, voracious, not, not, it's got a, a, a vast, let's just go with vast, a vast array of great voice actors and characters, characters that you actually are genuinely interested in apart from, like, despite the fact that they're fucking toys, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Plus, it made, it made torturing toys, like blowing them up and shit, seem really sick. Like it was <laughs> right, just like right. Holy fuck! I, and it all, I mean, that and Chucky made me kind of look at toys and action figures and dolls very differently. I'm sure. I'm sure. There, even uh, when I was very little, there's always that question in the back of my mind: like, what if they are alive? What if? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's I, I, I had thoughts like that as a kid too. So I hear you. I um, I did the math real quick. I've seen twenty one percent. Wow. So. I, I was close because I said 25, so. Is there a way we could do a checklist for, where you can do the freaking percentage of what I've seen? Uh, you keep, tra- keep track of what I've seen? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Okay, so back from station identification pause there and we did the numbers here uh so rico you've seen 67 percent of this thing it was like 67 or 68 we immediately forgot it but it was definitely not 69 i know that yes and i've seen 24 percent. so i was pretty fucking close with my my guess yeah yeah i wasn't <laughs> no but that's all right um you've you've seen a, the thing is you've seen a lot of them that like and we'll get to them I'm sure as we go through, or we can jump around, but he, you've seen a lot of these that I probably should have seen at some point in my life that I just haven't. I've seen a lot of older. Though. Yes, you so have. You've seen, seen a lot, lot of, of the older ones. Shit. But, like, you saw, I have, I've cleaned yours out to do mine again, but I think you saw, like, four of the top five and, like, six or seven of the top ten. Like, you've... Yeah. Yeah. So. And a lot and, of it was more of just, like, if you if if you're gonna make the claim that you love films, you should watch the ones that even don't interest you. Right, and the only one, just to be fair, and and, and I say this as a, a positive to you, but the only one of these that was in your lifetime of the top ten <laughs> is Schindler's List. Yeah, just barely, and just barely. Yeah, but the rest, the the next closest one is Raging Bull in 1980. Which is my lifetime. <laughs> right. I think excluding like excluding Schindler's List, I would say the the closest one that was like 
a, like when I was born, if there even is one. Holy oh, shit, they're top, all like... What, in the top 10, you mean, or overall? No, just overall. I'm oh, there's plenty find... in your lifetime. No, not really. Not really, dude. Lord of the Rings. Yep. But a lot of these are in the 60s and 70s. A lot of them are, yeah. Oh, um, if you go to the top 75, a lot of them, those are... Unforgiven. Know, Toy Story. Titanic. Private Ryan. Toy Story, Titanic. Silence. I would say this, pro- at the most, just eyeballing this, is probably about maybe... 10 to maybe 12 movies on this list that were made in the fucking 90s. Yes. Around either af- after I was born. That's that's a fair... That's a really small percentage. It is. It is. And there are some movies from that... So, again, we as we mentioned, this is list is as of 2007. So, there are definitely going to be some exclusions from the latter, you know, the more recent years. But, like... One exclusion on I, I I've mentioned to you when we looked at this before we started was the Matrix. The Matrix should definitely be on this list. Like you, you can like the sequels, you can hate the sequels, and you can't even not be a big fan of like, you know, the sci-fi stuff. But like, mm-hmm. the Matrix, it's, especially with the cameras and bullet time and all that stuff, right. is like that was groundbreaking at the time. It's a little more common now, but love it or hate it, it's a film achievement. Yeah, exactly. I acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, I like to point out the only movie that's on this list that was from the 2000s is Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, as a rule, if a movie wins Best Picture at the Oscars, it should be on this list? Do you think that's a reason why some of these movies are on here? Um. Well, it wasn't Fellowship that won Best Picture, wasn't it? I thought it was Return, Return of the King. I think... I want to say Gladiator, but I, I think Gladiator might be the year before. No, no, but I'm saying like I don't of the of the Return Rings of the King movies, did win Best Picture, and uh, I don't think and I don't think no. Fellowship did. I think Returns the only one that won that that Oscar. It may, it may have been Chicago, although that may have been, I don't I'm, I may be muddling my years. Well, I'm not worried about the year. I'm worried what I'm saying though is of the of the Rings movies. I think the only one that won Best Picture is Return um, right. of the King, just so Randall doesn't come kick my ass. Um, but <laughs> you got that right, yeah. So you, you hear what I said, right? No, I did the Randall. Yeah. Um, but anyway, getting back to the list itself, and getting back to the the you know, we're gonna move up a bit because some of these. You know, unless no. you have something you like, you and I don't know if we talked about this on air, but I just recently saw Blade Runner for the first time in the last like six months, and I, I actually liked it because if, like, if I fuck you, doodle dandy. Yeah, I, I, but I, if I recall, neither you didn't like Blade Runner. Am I correct? No, I did not like Blade Runner. To be fair, I don't know which version I saw. I'm assuming it was the older. Non-director's cut? version. Yeah. Because I saw it on VHS and I was... That was the thing. Is I was kind of... I was too young to really kind of understand what the fuck was going on. What? Because I thought it was going to be, oh my God, Harrison Ford, sci-fi movie. It's going to be right, Star right. Wars. No, right. it's not at all like Star oh, Wars. Oh, no, not at all. And and to that point, Rico, just to, to kind of back you up here, like I have a movie on this list that I've seen that is very similar. And that's 2001: mm-hmm. A Space Odyssey, which is way up higher on the list. But I, I still don't like 2001. I, I, I know honestly you don't, don't. But my point is, I saw it probably around the same age that you saw Blade Runner and didn't get it. Like I, I may watch it again and still not like it, but I didn't get it when I the age I saw it. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. 
Um, 2001, it's just, I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it, but I'm just going to say, I just thought it was boring. It was just a boring, boring movie. Well, that's the thing about Kubrick's films is that he, they're either really like over the top or really like that, like 2001, where they're just, you know, I I will not deny that he's not an artist. He's sure. definitely he definitely oh, yeah. was an artist, and he definitely looked at film in a unique lens. Oh. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and that's that's you know uh, I'm gonna try to keep a keep uh, as best I can a, a, a loose list of directors to see because I think Kubrick might have the most movies on this list from this from a single director. Um. Scorsese has got a couple. He's got a couple too, so it's going to be between the two of them, I think. You know, when it boils down to it. Spielberg, but, Spielberg's got a, probably a couple on here. Schiller's that's list, true. Raiders. Forrest Gump was Zemeckis, right? Zemeckis, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, let's you know. There, there's there's at least three Chaplin films on here as a director. Yeah. So the next one we have here is Do the Right Thing. That's that's Spike Lee. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I've never um, seen. I don't think I've ever seen any of his movies. I got to be honest with you. I mean, I he's another filmmaker that like I have nothing really against his. Films. It's just not your style of movie, really. Um, look, I can appreciate an indie filmmaker. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't be doing what we do if we did. Calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's partner plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Inc. and appreciate an indie sure, filmmaker sure um and i've seen some spike lee films 25th hour i thought was if not a little slow a captivating fucking movie with edward norton um the remake of old boy sure the the original by default usually is the best i really like the remake of old boy with um fucking thanos and it's it's one of those guilty pleasures because I love put like people who've never seen uh, the movie either version and sitting them in front of it and be like, you can watch this a raising Korean film or you can watch this like dark, moody American remake with fucking Josh Bolan. I I was looking up something because let's be real, I was kind of ignorant and I apologize in advance, but I was looking to see if this one movie was his and it's not and that's fine. Except now I'm wondering if this movie should have been on the list, and that's New Jack City. New Jack City with Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Um, Ice T. Yeah, I've never seen New Jack City. I have, and it's fucking gritty as hell. And it, but it's a 
it's a real deep dive into like cocaine in New York in the nineties. Like it's it's it, it, and and then specifically how it affected the African American community because it was huge in that community in the nineties. And I don't mean that in a good way, but it was. I don't think you can be blamed too much because I'm positive Wesley, at least on one occasion, has worked with Spike. Well, and uh, well, it wasn't even because of Wesley that I thought it. It was more because I thought the subject matter is something he would have well, done. He, yeah. And he's done that where, like, Halle Berry and Samuel Jackson play crackheads in a Spike Lee movie. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, but, you know, I still, you know, because Mario Van Peebles deserves his credit where it's due, and that's who actually made the movie. But, you know. Um, because yeah. you don't have to have like a a a list director or or a a director who has multiple like you know hits on his resume to make this list. I don't think. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like sure. we just got done talking about the fact that Kubrick and Spielberg and Scorsese are on this list, and rightfully so because yep. the move because the movies, not because of the people. Do you know right. what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah. It it was just uh, a just a thought because I I this it, look it, it it's a hard movie to watch I don't think I'd ever watch it again I didn't enjoy it a lot but but it's I couldn't New Jack con- City yeah but I couldn't connect to it in the way that I think a lot of other people who did watch it could because it either affected their lives directly or someone in their lives this mm-hmm. this you know um the I don't I I, I want to deep dive some Spike Lee at some point I owe it to myself to I probably to should w- too. Yeah, you know, uh, there again, there are some of his. Like, he did one called. Uh, uh, he did one that Ron really loves called Miracle at Saint Anna. I, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. It's a World War II movie, and it's that's prominently about. Hmm? That's a Spike Lee movie. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It underperformed up the ass, man. It is not critically, financially, did not get well received, but it's pretty damn good. And it's all about these black soldiers in Italy. Right. So, right. And how they kind of like got respect in Europe, you know, in comparison to how they were treated in America. It was really, it's, and it's also a mystery fucking thing. Yeah. And yada, yeah, yada, yeah. Yada, and blah, 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 blah. But it's World War II. It's just another unique point of view of World War II. It's right. the, uh, it's the unspoken, like, hey, you know, Black people were in World War Two, and they weren't weak, and they didn't lose. Like they fought bravely, just as much as the, you know, Irish Americans or the Italian Americans. Like you know, fuckers. Like, nah. <laughs> you know. Um, so, you know, we when we did the Pacino uh, deep dive, we said that our next one was going to be a woman, and it still should be. But mm-hmm. we haven't. No, we've only done two deep dives. To be fair, of actors. Yeah. So. Let you know, give us a chance, but uh, we also should do an African American, and I think Wesley Snipes might actually be a good a good one to do. Wesley Snipes, yeah. Um, I, I'm a fan of his personally, so maybe that's didn't didn't we basically do that with Blade? <laughs> no, because you got White Man Can't Jump, you got New Jack City, you've got Passenger Fifty Seven, you've got Murdered Sixteen Hundred, you've got a nice little variety of movies here. I think there are other more credible. I mean, look, nothing. You gotta do Denzel Wesley. too. I mean, there's yeah. That's I mean, what I'm saying. I like Morgan Freeman, Lawrence Morgan, Fisher, yeah, Denzel well, fucking Washington, man. Look, or we, we probably or should we do them in all. In the middle, we do a fucking woman who's African American. Oh, Angela Bassett immediately comes to mind for me. Angela Bassett, Halle Berry. Yep. So 
Anyway, we're we're getting off topic as we do, and we should double back. And and yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. you and I will discuss more of this off air, but just just things to think about. But anyway, so but um, do the right thing. Do the right I thing. I haven't seen it. I I I don't know if it's the same as Jungle Fucking Fever. Like probably not. There's a lot. There's a lot of his movies. Like there's one that I really do want to see, and it's all about interracial relationship and i think that probably is jungle fever jungle fever by, is that one yeah yeah i know that it's like an italian american woman and a black guy and i'm like oh shit that is big taboo in new york city for yep. some reason especially i think for the year that it's set in because it's not a modern day piece for when it was made like it's a uh, oh it's like a 70s thing or something i think so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um also i got a soft spot for some danny aiello <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 he's a good actor okay so um last picture show Nope. Nope. By the way, Blade Runner, Do the Right Thing, and The Last Picture Show were not on the previous list. True. When this came out in 97. So in 2007, these three got added to this list. So was Toy Story. Toy Story is new as yep, well. It was. Even though they came out in 95. Correct. So it just come out and people are like, oh, maybe this should be significantly, you know, it's a significant film. Well, yeah, I think that's this is one of those retroactives. They look at what Pixar did after, and I'm not saying that what they did after Toy Story was shit, but they they realized what Pixar was going to be or was, and said we need to honor that movie. I know you're gonna hate me for this, but they're gonna be like they're looking at Toy Story, and be like it should be on the list because it's not Cars. Well, it, no, it's not that I'm gonna hate you for that. I mean, look, you you brought up a very valid. Uh, movie that's better than both of them as far as I'm concerned with Inside Out, you know. And I could even argue that Up might be better than both of them. So, you know, which is a whole other debate. It, but at, at that point, it's all opinion. I mean, I still have a real soft spot for Bugs Life. I want a Bugs Life 2 more than fucking Toy Story 37. <laughs> which we're going to get, you know. Which, by know, the man. way, we gave a shout out to Deb for her birthday. Um, mm-hmm. and normally I know you don't say a woman's age, but she's told me I could cause it is going to be the year long joke. She is 37 this year. 37 in a row. Um, I hope not, buddy. For yeah. your sake. <laughs> um, Pulp Fiction is the next oh, one. Yeah. Now here's the thing, right? I love Pulp Fiction, so I am not arguing against this in any capacity whatsoever. And it's sure. probably still... My either my favorite or my second favorite Tarantino film, and if it's mm-hmm. second, it's only behind the first Kill Bill because we've talked about how much I like that one. But mm-hmm. should it be Pulp Fiction on this list, or should it be Reservoir Dogs? Ooh, good question. Um, I think I would go Reservoir Dogs because I I think it's sort of Tarantino's Clerks in the sense that he had no budget. You know, budget for and Reservoir Dogs either, or is that what you said? And I missed you. I, I said, oh, Reservoir. Bad. yeah, okay, yeah. I, if yeah. I didn't say, Res- I meant Reservoir Dogs, but I, you'll find out when you edit this. Show. Yeah, um, I might just cut it, myself out of <laughs> right. Uh, put uh, the dogs to sleep. Um, because it was made through bravery and 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 just, I mean, he was made largely because of uh, Kaitel. Keitel heard about Tarantino trying to make this movie and he read the script and he's like, we've got to make this like this just has to be made and I want to be in it. And he like 
brought in a bunch of the actors. Like, you got Tim Roth, you got Michael Madsen, you got Steve Buscemi, you get all these fucking guys. And even the lower rent actors that are in that, including Tarantino himself, yeah, are all memorable. That's not to say the cast of Pulp Fiction isn't memorable, but I, I'd like to, I would probably put Reservoir Dogs on here because Tarantino had to really impress a lot of people for this movie. It's a jewel heist movie and you never see the heist. Right, right. That is so weird and it works so well. Which is Pulp Fiction is amazing dialogue, it's amazing scenes, and then, you know, some scenes are better than others. It's fractured, you know, in chapters and yada, yada, yada. But see, here's the thing with, for me, with Pulp Fiction and why I would argue for Pulp Fiction over Reservoir Dogs. Because I've mm -hmm. seen, I have seen both. I've seen Reservoir Dogs. Now, mm -hmm. to be fair, I've seen Reservoir Dogs once. I've seen Pulp Fiction countless times. So sure. the, what I'm about to say might be skewed by that, but you talked about the memorability of the characters in Reservoir Dogs, and the only character, the owner's only two characters I remember in Reservoir Dogs, mm -hmm. and that's Michael Madsen's character, who I don't remember his name, but I remember, I just remember his presence, you know, and then if I'm correct, is Tim Roth the one that gets shot? Mm -hmm. Okay, those are the only two from Reservoir Dogs that I remember through the whole, from the, like, thinking back, whereas... I can remember my point. Hear me out here. My point is that I can remember almost all the characters in Pulp Fiction and give you like a high and or low point for all of them. What's Bruce Willis's character's name in Pulp Fiction? Yeah, he's not in Butch. Okay. Yeah, he's the boxer. His name's Butch. I don't know if you ever get his last name. I don't recall, but Coolidge. That's right. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, but yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're giving. Your, I mean, I respect what you're saying, which is not often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, but I think you are doing your, yourself a disservice because I think Reservoir Dogs can be just as memorable based on the color names. You got Mister Blonde. You got right. Mister Pink. Oh, it you felt got like Mr. A, White. I, I remember when I watched it, it felt like an uh, uh, like a reverse clue. Because they were all villains, you know what I mean? Well, no, because in the colors and stuff. But here's the thing, like I. And I want to stretch this to our listeners and to you. I'm not saying I didn't like Reservoir Dogs because I understand. You know. Okay. If I'm being, if I'm really being honest, I think they both should be on the list, just at different parts. Sure. Be because they're both separate films; they're not sequels to each other, right, even though right. two characters in the world of Tarantino are related. Yeah, but it, you're right. It, it it's not a sequel. It's a, it, it, we had this discussion about Kev's movies not that long ago about just when we were discussing sequels. You know right. that it's a shared universe. Exactly. It's a sh it's not sequels. They're shared universes, and that's a huge difference. So right. I I agree with you that potentially both of them should be on here. I'm actually, as we're going along right now, I am compiling a list of movies that are not on here. That, oh, you're, you're doing your own separate? Yeah, just, I'm not going to come up with a hundred of them, but just one that I think right. should be a part of this. And I've got a couple already, and I'm going to save them till we the get to the end. honorable mentions? Kind of, yeah. So I'm saving this till we get to the end, because I wanted, we may end up adding more to it. But I'm going to add that one to the um, to the list. Reservoir? Yeah, because I, th okay. I think you're right. I think it does its own, and I'm not saying Pulp Fiction doesn't, but... 
I'm surprised that Reservoir is not, is kind of where I'm coming from. Let me ask you this, and I really want you to give me an honest answer. Sure. Should any Kevin Smith film be on this list? That's not a criticism. That's not a criticism of Kevin Smith. It's because I would put Chasing Amy personally. Uh, there's three that I can list. Yeah, three, three. Okay. And I'm not saying all three. I'm saying any one of the three, not all uh, three. Okay. Um, Chasing Amy's one of them, so I'm with you yeah. there. And I would say the most likely candidate, if there yeah. was going to be one of them, but yeah. Um, I would also argue Clerks just because of your same argument for Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Yeah, you know? I would agree with that. Um, but that's the only reason, really, because mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. great cinema. As much as we love it and we do, let's be right. real. It's not <laughs> It's not great Look, cinema. Kevin Smith would be would the say, first to tell think, you. I don't think Clerks should be on the AFI. Right. Now, here's the one. No, but it did make well, the Library of Congress, which is pretty cool. You know. So maybe if they re-fucking-update this maybe. You know, list in it 2037. Be... <laughs> It'll be there. Yeah. Now, the third one I think is going to surprise you, but I, I really have high regard for this movie that he made, and I think it should be considered, and that's Red State. Oh, you threw me a curveball. I was expecting you to say Dogma. Uh, Red State. I think... I, I was talking to somebody the other day who's not a Kevin Smith fan. He doesn't, like, hate him, but he's just not a fan of right, right, right. Kev's stuff. And I and he's, a, he's, he's like you. He's a film guy. Okay. And so I said to him, I said, look, you don't like Kev's stuff? That's fine. Watch Red State. Yeah. Because it is the furthest thing from a Kevin Smith movie that he's made. Mm-hmm. Even Which Tos- I, I've said. Because even Todd, yes, you have. Even Tusk, to a degree, is Kevin Smith-esque. Do you know what I'm saying? It's Kevin Smith-esque post-Red State. It's this, it's this new, oh my god, Ke- fucking Clerks dude is doing horror films? That's nuts. Right, but it's still got enough of that goofy Kevin Smith in it that Red State doesn't have. There's, there's no, there's like maybe one funny line in Red State. Whereas, like... One of the lines of Tusk that screams at me is like, I don't want to die in Canada. Like, that's really funny. Yeah, no. That's and a then, really funny line. And then, like the movie or not, but Yoga Hosers is basically like a Clerks 2.5, really. I mean, it is, but it isn't, you know. Sure. You know, so. Um, so yeah. you're saying Red State should be on this list just because it is the furthest. It's a filmmaker branching out and trying something absolutely different and making a really good film i mean let's be real about it it's a really good film yeah i i would i i definitely agree i mean i i would take it and maybe i'm being a little too specific here but i would take it for that that monologue parks delivers in the church early on over anything i mean that michael parks in red state look we're we're branching out as as always but michael parks in red state Fuck you guys. It's our 100%. We'll control how we do this. Um, I do want to get back to this because we got a lot to do and we got some other. We do. We ha- I have a surprise for you that I've told you. So His. Okay. Um, his his monologue is is terrifying. It's captivating. It's villainous. And it's you pity the fuck. You're like, I can't believe you think this way. It's so disheartening. Well, yeah. yeah. I. Honestly, one of the highlights of Red State is John Goodman at the end. Oh, he's so good. Oh, absolutely. No question. He, he tells that story yep. 
about how when he was a kid, two dogs, and he throws a chicken bone between them, and he's like, and, and it's like they never known each other. He's yeah. like, he has this great delivery of the line. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna fuck it. He's like, you know, it, it, it's, it's really bad when someone believes in something. I don't, it's I don't even, remember the line, so I can't help you. I'm sorry, buddy. But, but it's even strange. It's even more disheartening when they just plain believe. Yeah. Or something I, akin to that. His delivery is like, oh shit, where were you, Goodman? That's the first time I saw Goodman in a serious role. Like, every other role I've seen him in, there's been some degree of comedy. But that's the first role I've seen him more straight, serious than a whole movie. Oh, there's some Coen brothers you haven't seen. Well, I mean, yeah, the only the only Coen brothers I think I've seen, I mean, because even Lebowski, there's a bit of comedy in that character, you know? And then in, um, Oh Brother, Where Am Art I the only one who gives a shit about the fucking rules? Yeah. Right, yeah. And then in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? You know, even which though he's I, which I still haven't seen. Which even though he's playing a Klansman, he's still yeah. got a bit of comedy in, in within the character. Do you know what I mean? There's so, a, there, yeah, there's an underlying goofiness yeah. of every every fucking John Goodman role has like it honestly, and I don't want to sound like an asshole, it's his weight. He looks like when he does his like real big smile, he looks like a big baby. But when and when he's terrifying, he's terrifying. Yeah, but for sure. You know, at the same time, you got this kind of side of like, like you've seen someone who could be the genuinely uh, nicest guy in the world and then be fucking furious. And you're like, oh, shit, I did not expect this. It's even it's his it's his height. It's his weight. It's his voice. It's his timber. It's everything. John Goodman can be fucking terrifying even when he's hysterical. Yeah. Like, I mean, Lebowski is a great example. He is a nutcase with a gun when you break it down. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, he smashes a fucking dude's car over a misunderstanding. No, you're uh, right. Yeah, no, he's 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 definitely that way. So, I but I, I agree with Red State, but I personally still think Chasing Amy would be the only one that would actually belong on the on this list over Clerks and uh, Red State. I, I I don't disagree, but if if you if I was to pick, you told me to pick those would be the sure, those would sure. at least be the three in contention. Um, going, I want to go all the way up to eighty. Well, we could do eighty six first, which is Platoon. Um, well, actually, we can't. I guess I guess we can't skip over to six. Well, there, there's your baby on here too, the Goodfellas. Yeah, no. but I, I mean, I I have said so much about Goodfellas. I mean, I I think it's it's a movie that I could sit. Doesn't matter if it's the beginning, middle, or end. I will sit and finish it. Like anytime if it's yeah. on TV. Yeah. If I'm never in the mood to really watch it, but well, I'm always willing to finish it. Didn't you ever say didn't you tell me once and this might have been all fair, so if 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 I'm putting something out there you don't want, I apologize. But wasn't that your barometer for new women in your life too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it wasn't my barometer. It was it was just by pure coincidence it happened to be a, a movie that I had to consistently introduce to girlfriends. And it wasn't like a test and it wasn't this. It was just like, fuck, dude, every girl I've dated has never seen this movie. Well, it's not I... like I'm, it's not like you need to watch this to understand me. I'm not like, you know, if you want to understand Rico, you need to watch this really serious and entertaining mafia film. It's like, <laughs> well, then I owe you an apology because I was talking to somebody the other day and I told them that basically you'd make them watch the movie and if they didn't like it, then... <laughs> 
you know, so. Oh, uh, no. no. <laughs> it, it was never, it was that, that would be an exaggerated, it would be probably closest if they, no, I, I, I've actually have only broken up with one person in my entire history of relationships. Over God, over Goodfellas or in general? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. no. Okay. Maybe they maybe they all broke up with me because I made them watch Goodfellas. Maybe that was it. I'd break up with you for that. Um, number eighty nine is Steph is smirking on him over <laughs> here. She's like, she's like, ah, shit. He he might be onto something. Yeah. Because I made her watch Goodfellas. I'm sure you did. Um, yeah. eighty nine, The Sixth Sense. I'm not a big M Night fan. I'm really not. Um, that's not a sh- shot at M Night because he. Certainly is a great filmmaker. His films are just not my my niche. Um, mm-hmm. I I did like Unbreakable. Um, I did like Split. Oh. I have yet to see Glass. I know you had your problems with Glass. We've talked about that, but right. I do want to see it just to, if you will, complete the series. You know, but sure. Um, the Visit is pretty underrated. The Visit is a simple ass film. I haven't even heard of that one. So there you go. It's- it's one he made post split pre glass. Okay. And it was super like it was one of those ones that was like, Wow, M Night, you're on a you're on a roll, dude. You're doing good. And then like, oh, you made glass. God damn it. <laughs> um it's about these two kids that have never met their grandparents. Their grandparents contact them and with their mom's blessing, they go stay at their grandparents' house in like the fucking country. And then their grandparents are super strange and kind of like you know, don't come out of your room past eight o'clock. Your, your grandmother has issues, that kind of shit. Right. And then it's, it's because it's found footage type of thing. Like one of the fucking grandsons is, is, you know, filming his daily blog. So it's a lot of found footage shit. And they put up cameras to like sort of see why their grandparents are acting strangely. Like the grandmother at like nine o'clock acts like a fucking animal is like scratching at the door and running, running around on all fours. And it's a creepy movie. I'm trying to find, there was a TV series that he made. It was like a mini series that everyone was raving about and I didn't watch it. Yeah. Uh, as for the sixth sense. Yeah. It's, it's a fine movie. Does it belong on this list? I mean, out of all of his movies, sure. Sixth sense is on it because it's a well-acted film. Haley Joel Osment's great. Bruce Willis is great. Tony Collette, who I fucking you know, keep yeah, raving about, yep. is great. She plays the kid's mom, and there's that whole tearful, you know, interaction between her and Cole, and it's it's great. It's a great fucking movie, but I can't watch it now without discovering a plot hole that I pre- I think I pretty much. Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50. Washington CW. I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouthfeel. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. 
discovered that. No, I've never heard anybody else bring it up. Um, and I apologize if I ruin the fucking movie for anybody. And I am going to have to spoil it because it's it's something important to talk about. Well, let's, you know, let's it's also be, yeah, the movie's what twenty some odd years. Let's see, ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, it's twenty one years old at this point. Get over it. Right. <laughs> so you and you've seen it. So I'm not spoiling anything. No, I you. haven't. I, 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 you've never seen it. Mm-mm. I know that. I know that. I know the the big the twist twist, but I've never seen okay. it now. So just as a reminder. The big twist is Bruce Willis is a shrink, and he's been working with this kid who's who says he sees dead people. Hence the line, I see dead people. And w- at the beginning of the film, fucking Marky Mox, fucking older brother Donnie Wahlberg, shoots Bruce Willis. He, he was an ex-patient who just couldn't get over whatever the fuck he was going through. So that's just like a thing and then we're led to believe that he survived the whole ordeal we find out the end bruce willis is a ghost that's how he's interacting with the fucking kid and we are tricked because bruce willis is constantly going home and his wife appears despondent and is like refusing to talk to him but we find out he's dead she She doesn't doesn't see see him him. and he doesn't know it so once he makes the realization blah 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 he can go at peace and move on yada 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 here's the thing who made the appointment? Like, CG, even if you haven't seen the movie, sure. at no point do they really ever fucking explain how this kid who needs therapy meets up with a ghost who happens to be a therapist. They don't explain that. Presumably, by logical standpoints, and I know I'm going to be that asshole who's going to fucking rip a movie to shreds that's just supposed to be entertaining through logic, but no mom would, like, like if they called to make an appointment, for a shrink if he had an assistant they would say well we're gonna have to cancel the appointment because he dead right um like i don't i want to say there's even a scene where like bruce Willis has got a file so he, uh, of cole of, of hilly Osman. so you could say that he just signed up with a new a new client a new a new uh person to shrink yeah but then he's got a ghost file too. Like, it, it, no matter how you pick it, like, there's no real way. There's some gaps here. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And and honestly, as much as it's an entertaining film, and as much as I believe, I truly do believe, M Night can be a talented filmmaker. I don't think he saw the ending coming. I think he, may, he started writing a script and then realized, holy shit, this would be awesome if Bruce Willis was dead. It would make so much sense. Yada yada yada. Wrote it out. Didn't think it all the way through. Right, or like and, you should, yeah. You, that, that's all I'm saying. And we, I mean, it's. I think it's similar to s- some of the things we were talking about when we did our New Hope commentary, where mm-hmm. we said, you know, Lucas started writing this stuff, not realizing it was going to turn into the, you know, you know, gargantuan there's, thing that it's become. So, you know, there's yeah, the these smallest gaps. indie film that you know has ever been made. Right. Um, Moving on. But mo- yeah, no. Real quick, the just because I want to, I mentioned he made a series M Night. It was called Wayward Pines. It's in 2015. It we don't need to get into details, but it did very well. And no, I thought there was another show that he, he does. Was, it's called Servant on Apple Plus on Apple TV. Uh, but th- this was on like Fox. This was on network television. You could watch it. Um, I also just want to give a shout out since he is a Philadelphia resident. Like mm-hmm. you, I know people that. My my buddy used to run a movie theater, and M Night would come watch movies at his theater. Like that was the theater M Night would go to to like watch movies when he wanted to see a new movie. 
So that's great. Yeah, so he he dealt with him a couple times, and actually he might be coming on the show with us. Not M Night, but my my buddy. Oh, it's like um, holy shit! What, that's your surprise with this hundredth episode. Like, hey, we got M Night. Good for you for fucking reaching out to certain celebrities. I got one, motherfucker. Yeah, no, um, we that interview wouldn't go very long because I would shred him for the last Airbender, but that's. <laughs> uh, that would be something you would totally do i'd be like i'm gonna criticize this particular film and be like well just so you know m night's coming on so you can tell him directly yeah you can tell him to his face okay um i want to jump up um look, there's a lot there's a lot on here what i got one what okay go for it 12 angry men have you not seen 12 nope, angry men never even heard of it that's oh, so good it's a courtroom drama it's all about these jurors arguing, trying to come up with putting a kid to death for death row because of a murder. And it's just these totally different people arguing and finding out about themselves. And and um, Fonda is in it. And he's just he's amazing. And so it's not like a big who's who of actors. It's really it's. You could tell that the filmmakers chose the best actors, whether they were huge or not, for the roles that they were given. And it's it's easily one of the best movies that not everybody's seen, if I'm right. really being honest. Right. And, and I saw it way late, and I'm like, oh, shit. I really should have seen this a long time ago. You really should see it. All right, so moving up, though, I see two... That I kind of I don't want to spend like a lot of time deep diving on, but I'm curious about their positioning and also one of them. I'm almost I don't even know if it needs to be. It, it just surprises me that it's here. Um, so the before I get to that one, it's just Forrest Gump. Because and the reason why I want to talk about that is because I know a lot of people feel like it's overrated. You know. Yeah, but by definition, you could say all these movies are overrated. Well, I guess to a, to a degree, sure. But I'm saying like you know. <laughs> There are a lot of people that have issued, and I think we've talked about some of this before, so I don't want to deep dive it too badly, but there's a lot of historical inaccuracies, apparently, in Forrest Gump. Like, you know, and not just because they inserted Forrest into the events, but, like, there's certain things that just didn't even occur. Right. (laughs) You know, and so I know a lot of people have a problem with that movie for that reason, and that's the only reason why the only reason why I bring that up is because this is a, the 100 of all time, essentially. So if you're having this many inaccuracies to have it on there, you know what? You know, let, I don't know. Let me, if I could try and clarify it, please. I think Forrest Gump is a movie you can introduce to somebody who's never seen it, and they'll enjoy the hell out of it. I agree. I agree with that. I, th- I think. There, I think after a while, yeah, people could say, oh, fucking Forrest Gump, it's so sappy, it's so this, it's so that, yada, yada, yada. I still think it is one of the better films to introduce to somebody. Whether they have an opinion of it afterwards, they'll still say, that was a great movie. I agree. Wow, I, that was a really good movie. I do want to stress that I love the movie. So this is not me, my personal opinion, but I've heard other people say things to me about this movie and and a lot of people not a lot of people but enough people have said to me that it's a bit overrated so i would say it's over referenced it, it, every line of dialogue has been said nauseum. yes yes agreed agreed um even, even the smallest lines of like you know talking about shrimp 
everybody who ever has ever heard the word shrimp now thinks about Forrest Well, Bob. And that and Bubba Gum shrimp ended up becoming a real thing. You know, right? So. But I mean, I've been to Bubba Gump Shrimp. Like, it's fine. I had more fun exchanging movie trivia with the waitresses about fucking Forrest oh, sure. Gump than because well, you than probably knew more about the food. movie than they did. <laughs> yeah, they they actually I stumped them a couple times. I'm sure um, you did. Um, I will say Forrest Gump has also got one of the best soundtracks. Oh, that's first. I I could have that discussion for hours because I agree a thousand percent. But and and the music is accurate as shit in terms of time period. Like they've got the right movie, the right music playing at the right eras mm-hmm. throughout the movie. So yeah, no, they 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 nailed that perfectly. Um, I think I, I I think I asked you this. Do you know which band is the most used in Forrest Gump? I, you might have asked me this, and I don't remember. But if I was to guess, it would be Creedence Clearwater. The Doors. Okay, I'd have to look at the soundtrack again. I'm not. I can't argue against that. But that that wouldn't stun me. Well, the, Did, the soundtrack might be different than the actual movie because they don't yeah. they don't always put every Correct. song on the right. soundtrack from the movie. I I think, but although without being without having the time to look it up, um. I would say Forrest might be one of the exceptions where they did, Rico. Mm, because yeah, the, probably... the soundtrack was two or three discs, if I recall, like CDs. They were, it was, it was a large soundtrack. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I, they might have. But anyway, and to me, the doors are overrated, but that's a whole other discussion for another I, day. I'm, I'm not a big fan. Um, the, the other movie I wanted to ask you about, and you're going to think I'm dogging on things because of recent conversations we've had, but Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> you know, like, I I just don't know. Like, it, it it's, it's a fine enough movie, and I enjoyed it. I did, actually. The only part I don't like, and I think it's just because I think it's poorly shot, in my opinion, is the scene at the end where they're in the blacked-out house going after Buffalo Bill. I just think it was oh, shot well- poorly. But that's just my opinion. It's even funnier when you realize that it's not, obviously, it's not in night vision. Right. Because we see Bill's POV of night vision where Clarice is wild-eyed looking around in darkness, freaking out with a gun in her hand. And Buffalo Bill's kind of like reaching out to her to kind of fuck with her a little bit. Sure. And in the background, you see that she has a shadow. Oh, right. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's supposed to be in the dark, but there's a shadow and, and, but that, all that, all that considered, it, it, you throw that scene out. I just think, I think there are movies, and unfortunately none are coming to mind immediately, but I think there are movies that are of similar, similar genre style that are better. Um, let me put it, I'm, I, I am a little, I'm not, saying it doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying it's a little surprising that Silence of the Lambs won as many awards as it did. I love the film. I think Anthony Hopkins is amazing. I think Jodie Foster was amazing. I think Jonathan Demme uh, was uh, yeah. was an amazing filmmaker for the few films I saw of his work. I, I have not deep dove a lot of Demi. I saw Philadelphia and I saw Silence of the Lambs. Right. Um, I would actually, in terms of stylistically how a film is, Philadelphia is the better film. Sure. Um, which isn't on here, by the way. 
I know that's out of the two. I would have, as much as I'm a horror guy, I have, I would say Philadelphia is probably the better film of the two, which isn't a horror film at all. Really? If you, you know, just, well, it's what, a different, Philadelphia? yeah, well, it's not a horror film. It's a sad it's film. A, and there's some, it's a, no, some I, heavy I was trying to find matter. a way of saying like, I think one of the horror, the most horrifying things is AIDS probably. Um, well, yes, but it's not. <laughs> yes, but it's not know, horror. But, Philly could probably be a scary ass fucking place. You tell me. There's a reason why M Night keeps setting all his fucking movies there. That's true. All right. Anyway, um, did you have more you wanted to say on that or? No, 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 no. I, I just, I, I agree with you that it's kind of surprising that's on that. Although, I think what it does is it shows us a true villain that we want to see, and we're not, we're not completely terrified of. It, it's. You know, because you never really see him do anything. He just sits in the cell. I mean, he's frightening as hell for being in the cell, but you don't... Oh, you you forgot a very important scene. He Probably. beats the hell out of a cop, cuts off the dude's face, that's right. puts it over his head, and that's how he escapes. That's I mean, right, yep. You never see him eat the liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. You never see that. Yeah. But you see this really kind of small, not really threatening man be the you know the the embodiment of pure evil because he's got an amazing vocabulary and he'll cook you a really good lunch yeah and that's i think why people kind of gravitate towards it because it was not a freddy krueger it was me, not a Leatherface. let me ask you this real quick because i don't we're not not deep diving this movie but if anyone else but anthony hopkins had played the role would have had the same weight because well, you, you bring up a very odd point because anthony hopkins while a great actor is not a He's not a John Goodman in that he in the way that he carries himself because he's right. not that size. Do you know what I'm saying? So no, he's a little dude. Yeah. And um, well, to answer your question, technically, Anthony Hopkins is the second actor to play Hannibal Lecter. There was a movie called Manhunter right. that Michael Mann did, uh, starring Tom Noonan and William Peterson from CSI. And basically, that has been since been remade as Red Dragon with Anthony right. Hopkins and Edward Norton. So it's the same movie, just different title. Uh, Brian Cox, Scottish actor. I know who he is. Uh, yeah. yeah, the actor on Succession. He is the first he's actor also, to play Hannibal Lecter. If I'm correct, he's also an X-Men. He's Striker in yeah. X2. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I know who he is. Mm-hmm. I think he just um, passed away recently, too, if I no, recall. No, he's still alive. He's still alive. Um, oh no, I'm thinking of somebody else. You're right. Sorry. And I gotta say, as as unnerving as Brian Cox is, it's is it, Anthony Hopkins is infinitely creepier. The only person that I honestly could say that's portrayed Hannibal Lecter that can go toe to toe is um, oh, son of a bitch, uh, the guy from Doctor Strange, the the guy who played Hannibal Lecter in the TV show. Oh, um. Uh, Michael, Ma- or no, Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. I, I, or however I, you say that's his name. Yeah. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. He's the only guy that is just as captivating, but in a completely different way. Because he looks like he could fuck somebody up. Oh, he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, But to answer in a different way, if there was any other actor that was that has not played uh, Anthony, I'm sorry, that had not played Hannibal Lecter, that I think could rival it, Willem Dafoe. 
I think Willem Dafoe. Yeah. It's circa 92, 91, or 89. Fuck it. Willem Dafoe now. Willem Dafoe now, but I think at the height of, of their both thing, of both of the popularity, Willem Dafoe could probably have made everyone just as squeamish and still captivated because Willem Dafoe could be a nice guy. He could play a very convincingly nice character with that underlying of, ew. Like, if he cooked you, like, meat, you'd be like, hmm. Oh, it is human flesh. Well, all right. I, I believe it. All right, then. Yeah. Um, just so. Sorry. So, no, 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 no. No, it wasn't like that. I, um, for people keeping track and following along with us, Forrest Gump is number 76. And Silence of the Lambs is number seventy four on this list. So, and we did skip some. Like, I do want to go back to one, to to number seventy eight, Modern Times. It's not my favorite Charlie Chaplin film, but it's definitely one of my all time favorite movies. Period, and it's yeah. sort of one of the later ones of Chaplin's repertoire. Yeah. Well, that's true. I, I, I want to double back to, because we were just talking horror films with silence. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I'm about to find really interesting is we've got a horror writer who only has, if I'm right, and you would know better than I would, but if I'm looking at this list correctly, he only has one movie on the list, and it's not for a horror a piece oh, of horror. Sh- you're, you're talking Shawshank, about Shawshank. With, yeah, with Stephen King, which I love Shawshank. That it you remember you were saying about Goodfellas earlier, like it's one of those movies that whenever you come yeah. across it, you almost don't turn it off. Yeah. Shawshank's like that for me. I will rarely turn off Shawshank if if I come across it. I I agree. Shawshank is is an amazing film. That is one that I think is 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 overrated. To this it's it's overrated in the sense that Almost every fucking movie list on IMDb or by someone who made their own top 100, inevitably Shawshank is either number two or number one. I don't agree with that. I think it's a highly entertaining film and it's well acted and it's well directed and, it's been, and the music is great. The dialogue is great. The characters are all fascinating. But number two or number one, come on. And to be fair, this list has it at number 72, so it's not anywhere near the top 10 for you, you know, you know right. to go with your point. And I'm not saying it needs to be. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just this, for a guy who normally writes horror, and writes a lot of well-written horror, from what I understand, because I just don't follow it. You know, now the right. other thing I hear that's supposed to be really good, now the movie was bad from what I hear, but the stories are good, is Dark Tower. Which is another mm-hmm. thing that he wrote, but I heard the movie with Idris Elba was terrible. Um, I haven't seen it, so I haven't seen it. And to be fair, I never read the books. I have, I think, the first book, but I never started it because, from what I understand, it is honestly Stephen King saying, "Well, if I wrote Lord of the Rings, well, how would I do it?" Yeah, I, I think it's closer to Westworld, but that's another. No, no, no. He specifically said oh, it okay. was my version of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, the next. I really want to skip ahead to number 70, but I think that we'd be doing a disservice to, to Saving Private Ryan, which is, again, a very iconic film. Coming um, in at number 71 there. Now, for the record, guys, if you are watching, if you're if you're listening to us and you have the list in front of you, we have established, we have seen movies that we're skipping. Yes. But, like, modern times, I've seen, I love. But CJ hasn't, I don't think you've seen a single Chaplin film, have you? No, no. 
Um, or if, or, or well, let me put it this way: if I have, I didn't realize. Like once he starred in, or just because didn't he direct for a while too? He di- he only directed and didn't star towards the absolute end of his life, and okay. even then. He would still like Hitchcock himself, like put himself in right, a very right. Well, brief then, no, role. then I, I've never seen a Chaplin film. No, you. I mean, ironically enough, I think the ones that are on here are the ones that you should see. I mean, Modern Times is is just funny, but you have to look at it from the point of view of this was we're introducing modern technology to replace the factory worker, to replace the working man, right at the middle of a fucking depression yeah so and he made a movie based on what he was seeing in the background sure that's why he was so infinitely popular it was yeah he made a movie called the gold rush that you know it's it's a beautiful film and i love the gold rush but it modern times is a clear indication that he's like listen i may be richer than all of you but i understand what you're going through because i grew up in poverty you know, At the very least, you in order for you to get into the idea of seeing some Chaplin films, you should watch Chaplin starring Robert Downey Jr. Right, and I've heard good things about that. I just haven't seen it. Um, you know, we were talking about things being overrated, and you know, you were talking about Shawshank being overrated, mm-hmm. and I was wondering if you think Saving Private Ryan's overrated. No, no, I think Saving Private Ryan has got the perfect amount of of praise i i don't know i wouldn't really i can't think of any criticism to be fair i it's a fucking long ass movie yeah and when i've seen it the few times i've seen it because that's that is the complete opposite of shawshank and goodfellas for me saving private ryan is i'm gonna plan my day like this is like i'm gonna sit and watch it if it was on TV, I would probably be like, eh, I could watch this or an episode of Law and Order. See, here's here's the interesting thing with Saving Private Ryan, right, though? We 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 laud over Infinity War and Endgame and, you know, those right. those movies. And Infinity War is only twenty minutes shorter than Private Ryan, and it's ten minutes shorter than Endgame. Here's my argument. I would say the majority of the people that love Saving Private Ryan can only really name me two scenes of that movie. It's memorable. It's a great film. Spielberg's a fucking genius. Tom Hanks is amazing and has an amazing, amazing cast. But the opening scene is the highlight of that whole film. When your opening of your movie is the best part, not to say the rest of the movie shit. It's just right, right. Nothing compares, and then you have to kind of like figure out. Oh, there was that one part where Tom Hanks is injured, and he's like pointing at a tank and shooting a tank with a gun, with a handgun, because he's so kind of like he's he's concussed. He's not really thinking clearly. He's just like fuck it. I'm going to shoot a tank. Okay, yeah, that's a great scene. But like, what else you got? It's like, oh well, I guess there's that one part where. You know, uh, uh, there's a sniper and he's shooting at them. And then like another sniper shoots the other sniper through the, the, the snipe class, the sniping eye hole class, and it shoots him in the eye. Okay. Yeah. It's a badass fucking scene, but it's like, you have to, str- I have to struggle to try and re- fucking remember like all the details of that movie. I really should just sit and rewatch it because I don't think I've seen it since I 
was maybe 17, even younger. Right. So I, it's I've a never great actually film, seen but it's, it. So. It's, not, it's not overrated. It's just praised enough. Okay. But Fair I think enough. it's also largely, the whole movie itself is largely forgotten except for that opening scene. Fair enough. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Um, I just wanted to see because I know a lot of people love that movie and I was curious what... So, yeah. clockwork. You want to talk about a movie riddled with controversy. Yeah, oh, for sure. And we talked about Kubrick very briefly. I got to say, I think Clockwork Orange is, <laughs> as fucked up as it is, is infinitely more entertaining than Shining. Yes. And 2001. I don't understand the fucking love for Shining as much as everyone else does. I, you want to talk about overrated? Mm. I think Shining is overrated up the ass. And I'm yeah. a horror fan and I love Stephen King and I've read the book. Yeah, no, I, I uh, hear you. I just, yeah, I'm not. Well, even King didn't like the movie, if I recall. King was thrown off the fucking set. He saw what they were doing to his movies. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And Cooper had him thrown off. He's like, you're you're not welcome. Get the fuck out of here. For what it's worth, I actually prefer the uh, the version of The Shining you get in Ready Player One than <laughs> the actual movie. Yeah. Um. um it, it's not my. F- I think Nicholson is always going to be fucking entertaining in any movie he's in. Uh, I just didn't like what the, it's one of those ones where like they fucked up the book. You know, it's one of those ones and. It just wasn't scary. It's just not a scary movie for me. I do think it's just, it's an artistic horror film, but it's still pretentious as shit. Yeah. It's kind of confusing, if you, unless you've read the book. Um, I see one here that I'm sure you're going to want to talk about. I can't speak too much to it, but I feel like it's, no, maybe I'm getting my movie, I'm getting my movies confused. I was going to say Unforgiven, but I think I'm confusing that with The Untouchables. Even if it was Untouchables, I really don't have a whole lot to say. I mean, Fair Untouchables enough. is a fine movie, and Unforgiven is a fine movie. Are they some? Is Unforgiven one of the greatest movies ever? No. I mean, it's if you're going western, I would think Tombstone over Unforgiven. Yeah. Ah, uh, out of those two, I would go Unforgiven. Okay, fair enough. But if, in terms of westerns, like there's some well, other yeah, westerns. I guess you on could here, go but... like one of you could go one of um. Clint's old westerns over any either of those two. Yeah, but that's a very. It's just like you don't really see any ex like black exploitation films on this list. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You don't see a spaghetti western. True. Really on here. True. If I'm really, if I'm gonna be honest, I would take Unforgiven off and I would put Little Big Man in its place. Little Big Man for me is such an amazing film, 
And it got such little regard when it came. It's still a great film and people liked it, but I am I am more surprised that it's not as uh, praised as it should have been. I still think it's one of the greatest Dustin Hoffman performances and it was ahead of its time where it it, it did the Dances with Wolves thing. Like, Dances with Wolves, I don't even know if it's on here. I forgot. It's not. Well, I mean, Dances with Wolves is an amazing film too, but I think Little Big Little Big Man is better. It, it's sympathetic to the Native Americans when it was made in like 1970 fucking one. Like that was not a that was surprising as shit. I I think Little Big Man is infinitely better than Butch Cassidy in Sundance Film. Okay, the next one coming in, at, in my opinion, that we should at least address coming in at 66 is Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, we've talked yeah. about the movie to death, so and we even did a whole episode on the the entire series, so we don't really we did, need to get... We did two. Did, oh, two. We split it. We split... Uh, oh, we split into two episodes. Yeah, there was yeah. one recording with two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, and that's that's exactly my point. We spent four hours talking about it, so we don't really need to do that. But I think, you know, I think we would agree that Last Crusade probably deserves to be on here better than more than Raiders. Um, No. No? I would say okay. Raiders, I would say just like how Star Wars, A New Hope is on here. Sure. But we can agree that Empire is the better film. Yes. I think we are not, we are, we are giving our opinion that we love Last Crusade because it happens to be our favorite for any multitude of reasons. I, I do think it's the better of the two, personally. I think Raiders is cinematically better than all the films. I think Raiders is 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 a is a fucking achievement. Yeah, but I but I God, sorry. But I love Raider I love Last Crusade on a personal level. Yeah, but see it goes back to and and look, we like I said, we did four hours on this, but the one the one argument you can make against Raiders is you take Indy out and it's the same fucking movie. You know. I mean That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Moving I on. think the I think the charm of Crusade is Sean Connery. That's that's really the reason, one of the reasons why we fucking love that movie. Oh, yeah. The it's argument. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, um, don't do you, go too far up, because I do want to touch on African Queen. Have you seen African Queen? No, but please, please do. So. Do you, have you, have you seen a Humphrey Bogart film? I don't think so. No. I know, you I can, know, and listen, I, A, obviously know who he is. B, I know his importance in filmmaking in the industry. I just haven't seen anything. So. I mean, Casablanca is on this list. Yep. Maltese Falcons on this list. Yep. Treasure the Sierra Madre is on this list. Yep. I've seen all those movies. I think. I think I I didn't include Treasure of the Sierra Madre because I didn't I didn't watch all of it. I saw it on TV and it was like the three quarters of it all sure. almost done. Sure. Um, African Queen is by far my favorite performance of Bogart because he's not doing his noirish detective thing which okay. is still very good sure he's not sure. a saloon keeper dude in casablanca but all those stories are great but the simplest story can also be the best for me and the 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 premise is it's circa world war one and Catherine hepburn is the sister of a church deacon in africa they're they're trying to show Christianity to the African fucking tribes and, and try and do the Christian due diligence and shit like that. Sure. The Germans, the Germans, fuck it the all Germans. up. 
the brother dies. I mean, you find this out within 20 minutes of the movie. So Bogart is a Canadian tugboat captain with a small little ship called the African Queen. He rescues her, even though they don't like each other. She's upper class British high society fuddy duddy Christian woman kind of, and he's you know you know uh, needs a shave. He's dirty. He's a sailor. He's you know drinking and smoking and cursing, and he's very polite, but there's that grunginess to him. That's his charm. And he rescues her, and they're on this boat, and they're just going down, and how these two people that would never fucking get along and don't get along fall in love at the same time that they're going through the date, one of the most dangerous parts of the world, not to mention there's fucking Germans around them. Like, and it's all about how they're going to, they want to take down this, uh, this German submarine with this little reeky dink boat. It is so goddamn good. You know what it is? It's the jungle cruise ride at Disneyland, but without a pimply fucking teenager making jokes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's it is so goddamn good, CJ, like you really need to see it. I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. You um, will never watch this movie. Probably not. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh I feel like we need to mention this one just because it started someone's career whether you agree with his career or not and that's uh number 62 American Graffiti. You talking whose career? You talking about uh Lucas. Lucas, Ron Howard or or Harrison Ford? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is culturally important. It is such a I fucking it's such a boring ass movie I've heard to me, dude. I've heard I've never seen it but I've heard that yeah I have tried so many times to watch it I is the movie I've consistently fallen asleep to every fucking time okay like I, I it is a movie I need to do drugs to watch that's not a good thing all right moving on um, but I will yes. hold on I will yeah, say there's a diner called Mel's diner that is throughout the film for what I remember it's a big one of those like 50s diner that's you know famous in the movie sure it's it, it's like the 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 diner in fucking happy days it's just culturally phenomenal right 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 yeah the it's called Mel's diner it is less than a mile away from where I'm currently at I've been to that diner it is decked the fuck out I'm with sure American yeah. graffiti shit so much shit. Like and it was the actual filming location, and it's literally less than a mile away from where. That's I'm pretty awesome. Right. I'll give you that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna do a big jump, and if you want to back up, we can. But I'm gonna jump all the way up to number fifty-seven. You're skipping Gold Rush. How dare you? I don't know that movie. Do you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. No, it's just it's just a it's just a really good Chaplin film that you'll never watch. But yeah, we can go <laughs> to fifty-seven. We can go to, fifty-seven we can go is to... Rocky. Hey yo. Hey yo. <laughs> Um, now, as a Philly guy growing up in the area and, right. you know, listen, Rocky, Rocky has an appeal to a wide audience, but you have to understand it in this area, Rocky, I mean, he's the only non, for years, and this has changed since, but for years, he was the only non-sports um, person to have a statue at the stadiums like everyone else were real baseball players or football players or basketball players, you know, like okay. I've never been to Philly. So do they have statues of like John Adams and Ben Franklin no. and well, shit? Bro? Yeah. Throughout the city. Yes. But generally speaking, and 
take it out of Philly for a minute. At, at sports stadiums, you all have statues of some of the greatest players on those teams. Like, I think there's a Ted Williams statue up in Boston. Oh, I guarantee it. You know, I think, no, I don't know if they did a statue of him, but there would, if there isn't, there should be, like that kind of thing, right? And throughout right. the sports landscape, you have that. Like, there's a Michael Jordan statue in Chicago, you know. Um, well, let me, let me ask you this. If Rocky was just an amazing film, but it was not about him as a boxer, like what, it was just, yeah. just it a was guy. something, just a guy. You know, I mean, you take away the boxing, it's a, sure. it, it, you'd have to fucking rewrite the whole thing and try to be like, well, what the hell is Rocky about then? Right. Would, would you think, so, I mean, you say it's the only non-sport thing, but it's still a sport thing. Right. But he's not a real, real player. He's not a real, like all the He's other, not a real boxer. It, it, right. He's not a, he's not a real, he's not even a real human being. Stallone's a real human being. Rocky Balboa Stallone, is Stallone's not. Stallone's from Philly, so... Right, but Rocky Balboa is not a real character, and and which so, a lot of people forget. Right, so it got to a point where in Philadelphia they actually ended up moving the statue. They've moved it mm -hmm. three times now. The first the first right. place it was was at the top of the Rocky steps. That that scene in Rocky right. three, that statue stood there for years. Years. Then they moved it over to the stadiums. Mm -hmm. And people lost their shit because a fictional sports character got a statue at the stadiums when there are other real sports people in Philadelphia history that don't have them. That was why people were upset. It wasn't so much that Rocky had a statue. Right. It was that he was taking up a space that could be going to someone who was a real person. Um, and they have Do you, since, think, M do you think M. Night is trying to make all his fucking movies in Philly so he can get a statue? No. Um, and then they have like, since moved the Rocky statue back to the art museum. It's just in the garden now. It's not at the top of the Rocky steps. Um, right. All of that Which was said, even a, it was even a part in the Rocky movies where they talked about how they moved the statue. Uh, they might have. I don't. I don't remember. Which Rocky was Balboa. That? Like Balboa. Fucking... I've only seen that one like once. So it's. I. So I need to... underrated. No. So underrated. I agree. No, it was really good. I just haven't had the opportunity to see it on a regular basis. But anyway. Mm -hmm. All of that said, with Rocky, the first Rocky, number 57 on this list, and it goes back to the conversation we've said throughout this so far, I would put Rocky 2 over Rocky. No, absolutely yeah. not. Not I, for I, me. Not for me. Maybe not for you, but I'm telling you, Rocky, I think Rocky 2 is infinitely a better film. Mm, you get more depth think, in the character. You get... You get that whole family dynamic with him and Adrian, and when they have their son while she's in the coma, and he won't like he's fighting for the world championship in like days, and he will not leave the hospital. He literally stays in her room until close until visiting hours are over, and then he goes and sits in the chapel all night and goes back. Like he he didn't leave that hospital the entire time she was there, and then. And and prior to her going into coma, she was like, I don't want you to fight because he could have potentially lost his eye, you right. know, which unfortunately is a theme through the Rocky movies of Adrian being like, with the exception of the first one with her, she's like, don't fight, don't fight, don't fight. Um, yeah, Adrian is, is one of the worst support systems ever because... But she's simultaneously one of the best, too. I, I see right. why you're saying that, but she's simultaneously yeah. one of the best, too. Um and then yeah, oh, she's against it until Rocky has to fucking form a sentence 
and, and have a big speech. And then she's like, oh, my God, you're right. You should just knock his block off. You go, Rocky. It's like, you know, I could have just done this if you just would. <laughs> you know, uh, and then. It would have been a whole lot easier. You know, that scene where she's come out of the coma and they're seeing the baby and she says, there's one thing I want you to do for me. And he, she goes, win. You know, like that here, man, that gets people every time. Yeah, but, and I get it. I'm not, Look, I don't want you to think that I don't like Rocky 2. I love Rocky 2. I think Rocky 1, you also have to consider. Sure. That's probably one of the reasons why Rocky 1 is on this list is because Stallone fought tooth and nail to get it made the way he wanted yeah, it. Yeah, I know. They they want to fucking have like Paul Newman as Rocky or Robert Redford or fucking like the guy's name is the Italian Stallion. Right. Like, right. You can't have I mean, no disrespect to fucking Newman and Redford. But like, what part of Italy are they from? Denmark? <laughs> right. I hear you. Um, moving on, though, is. I'm sure a movie you want to talk about and one of Deb's favorites of all time and with it being her birthday, I feel like we at least need to acknowledge it for a minute is uh, number 56 with Jaws. Yeah. You know. Uh, do you want to ask uh, Deb if she wants to come on for her birthday to discuss Jaws briefly? Do you, do you want to briefly give your opinion about Jaws? I love that movie. Nope. She just said she loves it and that's all she wants to say. So Well, there's, there's her fucking birthday present for me. She gets to say two seconds about Jaws. <laughs> Um, I, I wasn't a fan, but it's just cause it's, I don't think it's my style movie. You know what I mean? It's not that I think it's some bad film. Um, I give you a lot of shit about Halloween and a lot of it's tongue in cheek. I, well, no, cause it's around the same era. We're a couple years difference, but it's around the same era. It's the same era of film. But it's very different films. But Jaws is, a lot of people build Jaws as a horror film in and of itself. You know, it is a horror film. I, I agree with that, but you know, it, Silence of the Lambs and, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre are very different films. Oh, for sure. even though they're both true. about eating people. True, 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 true. Um, so. But yeah, I listen, I, I get where, you know, I, I feel like this is on here as much as for the same reason that American Graffiti is on here because it's, cause it launched Spielberg's career, much like American Graffiti launched Lucas. I mean, Star Wars probably launched his career more than American Graffiti for Lucas, but. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got to, I've got to defend Jaws, man. I rewatched Jaws one, two, and four. <laughs> I skipped three. Yeah. I, I should have skipped four too, to be perfectly fucking honest. But I, because that's why I wanted to fucking go down a Jaws cave because I just was like, you know, Jaws is one of those movies. No matter how many times I watch it, I will always be entertained. And I, and you know, you and Steph both think it's it's okay. You just you don't think of it as the high acclaimedness that I and ultimately Debbie and the rest of the fucking world do. <laughs> um, here's the thing: you jaw. You know, for I'm not putting words in your mouth, but would you just basically say Jaws is just a creature feature? It's just a movie about a shark eating people. No, because it's not even really about a shark eating people. And to Spielberg's point, because I've seen a document—excuse me, a documentary on Spielberg—that you know I really enjoyed. You know, you see the shark once, and it's because of the budget. Twice, twi yeah. twi okay, I'll argue twice, but sure. You see, the, you don't see the shark. Most of the 
damage this shark does is mentally, like by freaking people out and people discussing that there's this shark, but you don't see it, you know, do a lot of physical damage to people. I mean, yes and no. I do agree, but that that was going to be my my point was that Spielberg made a shark movie where you barely see the shark. He had to go the Hitchcockian route. And it's even scarier. And that's why, like, the sequels, you see the shark a lot. Like, Jaws yeah, 2. That. Yeah. Jaws 2, I thoroughly enjoy. It's it's the Hell, best. You, you see the, the shark sequels. more in Back to the Future 2 than you do in Jaws 1. <laughs> <laughs> It's Sorry, not I, even the same shark. That that was that was funny though. That's, I had I just had to go there. Sorry, that's a good that's a good. One. Thank you. Um, whereas like the filmmaker for Jaws two had to go a different route. He's like, listen, I can't do that Spielberg moment of they know what a shark looks like. They know what a fucking animatronic rubber shark was going to look right, like. Right, right. So in Jaws two, they had it. They uh, the shark attacks like a speedboat, and a woman who's freaking out being attacked by the shark tries pouring gasoline on it and blows it up with a fucking flare gun and the shark is like it's like the two-face of great white sharks the it's it's the two-face of sharks because it's half of its face is severely burnt so the filmmaker couldn't do the pov he had to do i'm gonna make this shark look really fucking menacing right and it works it so fucking works um but for Jaws, man, I mean, to me, seeing the shark is not the scariest thing about that movie. Agreed. It's, it's the POV shots of people in the water swimming, and we are now been trained to think the POV is the shark's is the shark. Right, right, right. How 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 are they not noticing a twenty five foot fucking shark three feet from them? Which and, which to Spielberg's credit is what makes it so good because like he had to figure out. Okay, we can only do really, from what I remember from the documentary, and it's been about a year or two since I've seen it at this point, he said something that we had, the budget only allowed us to show the shark like once or twice, or mm-hmm. it would have blown the budget like completely sky high. So how do we give the impression of the shark without showing the shark? And it's exactly what you're talking about, that POV where you come to think of it as the shark. Well, it was also, it was, the shark was consistently breaking. It was just right. constantly fucking up due to salt. Here's the thing. Shark, uh, Jaws is a fucking achievement because they shot it in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Like, do you, do you think they could shoot, if they shot Jaws now and they, you know they would have done it all, you know, CGI green screen, would it be as good? No, yeah. absolutely not. There are so many carbon copies of shark movies of jaws the mag things like that the, yeah for the fucking meg i mean that's a creature feature that is a carcardon megalodon dude like yeah. jaws is at least as much as you and steph want to fucking grimace at it it's realistic in the sense that people do get fucking bitten by sharks yeah i'm not saying there's not a megalodon somewhere out there but like I, I find it less likely. You're, yeah, uh, you're more likely to be bitten by a great white than a megalodon. I agree with you there, hundred percent. Absolutely, there's um, a reason why I don't go in the fucking ocean. You and but a lot of other people. Me, dude, I I look at pools so differently. Like, like I I I when I was little, after I saw I saw Jaws, I had a hard time going in a pool at night. 
Wow. But my brothers, okay. my brothers didn't fucking help. I'm sure they did. And you, that you've told me the stories of them torturing you as a child. So yeah. Joel and Alex, separately, on separate occasions, I would go in the pool, and while I'm making my laps and kind of in this shallow section and swimming around, they would fucking sneak in and lay under, like, go under the bottom and then grab my fucking ankles and pull me down. So when you've established there's nothing in the water except you and chlorine, and then something grabs you by the fucking ankles, like, you, you, uh... Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And you're gasping for breath, you're thinking... at At the worst case, if it's not a shark, somehow... Chucky, like, dove in the water and pulled my ass under. <laughs> you know, because that was what I was most scared of when I was seven years old, was Chucky. I'm like, oh my god, Chucky found me, I'm drowning! Now, the, the next two, I just have very brief things to say about. At number 55 and 56. 55 being North by Northwest, and 54 being MASH. For North by Northwest, from what I... And I've never seen either, so I don't have a whole lot to say. But I think North by Northwest might be one of the most recreated scenes, have have one of the most recreated scenes in cinema history. Mm-hmm. With the plane and the guy running through the salt flats. You know, there's so many different versions of that that I've seen. And of all, whether it be in movies or TV shows or whatever, like I'm going through the Simpsons episodes on Disney Plus right now. And there's a sequence where they recreate it with the Wright Brothers plane and it's going like a mile. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. On hour, like it's super, you know, with Sideshow Bob. But it's still a recreation of the scene from that movie, you know, so. To the point where, you know, I actually noticed, I don't think there's a single James Bond movie on this list. There's not. Nope. I, which is surprising because From Russia With Love has a similar scene. Sure. Sean Connery is being chased by a fucking helicopter, I think. It was a helicopter, and it's a tribute to North by Northwest. Sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things. Metallica did it in one of their videos. I mean, just as a, you know, no, but I'm just saying, like, it, it's it's all forms of, of media, you know, acknowledge that scene. The other thing, the thing I want to say about MASH is, look, I hear it's a great movie. I've never seen it, but the show is infinitely more famous than the movie, I would say. It's also differently cast. So oh yeah, it, yeah. It, the, Matt, see, and that's a lot of that's another thing I've heard is that a lot of people went back to see the movie after having seen the series first, mm-hmm. expecting you know a two hour hour and, hour and, hour and, and instead they got right. Donald and it's, it's it's supposedly a lot grittier. The movie it's it's darker and oh, grittier it's, than it's a, yeah yeah. I mean, it's still funny, but it's it's a grittier. I mean, it's not Alan Alda. <laughs> It's not Hawkeye that we know. Yeah. So um, but that's all I had to say about that. Did you have anything you wanted to add or you want to move on? About MASH? No, because okay. I, I, I don't have a coherent um, 
I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it all the way through. I saw one or two scenes. Okay, so number 52, Taxi Driver. I haven't seen it, but I know that's probably something you might have something to talk about. So I've, I've definitely seen it. I think it's just like Forrest Gump, Taxi Driver has got one of the most quotable movies of all time. But really just for one line. You know, you, you, you're you talking, talking to me. me huh? yeah. You're talking to me. Uh, and we talked about it recently with Harvey Keitel and, and Jodie Foster. And De Niro is, is I mean... De Niro is amazing as an actor and he's amazing in Goodfellas and he's terrifying Cape Fear. I mean, the guy's got a range. His role in Taxi Driver is it's weird because you're watching it and you're like, he's he's our protagonist and you're watching a man go into descent of madness. And right. it's, it's not it's not even really his fault. He is he's a veteran. And basically what it is is it's kind of like if what if Rambo took up a job as a taxi driver, you know, it really is a unique portrayal and it's a sympathetic view of a veteran. And, right. and then we're consistently trying to remind ourselves, like, what if this is a dream? What if this is all in his head? What if this is legit happening? We don't know. That's the weird thing about taxi drivers. You can debate about that movie till the fucking end of time. Sure. But no matter what, you will always find a different version of that movie. That's why it belongs on this list. Because, yeah, it's not about a guy going crazy and wanting to clean the streets, you know, a la Death Wish or Batman. It's, it's, a, it's a human study of mental fucking illness. So let me ask you this, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but just based on something you said to me previously, because Taxi Driver is 1976, so we're, you know, 44 years ago at this point, you mm -hmm. know. Are we... Is the Joker the modern-day taxi driver? <laughs> the Joker... Not for quotable lines and shit. I'm just talking, like, yeah. The descent into mental illness? Yeah. It clearly wants to be. It but it's, very much wants to be. But and it's I'm not. not taking in. No, I mean, it, I would definitely say it's probably the closest thing because there are, I'm sure there are many films about mental illness. Sure. Um, sure. I can think girl, of a few off the top of my head. Yeah. 12 Angry Men, Girl oh, Interrupted, Awakenings. Nest, Awakenings. Awakening. Eh, Awakenings. To a lesser extent, but still. It, it's an illness, but it's not descent into madness. That's, no, that's no, sort no. Of... You just said mental illness. You didn't say descent. Okay. So, yeah. But you're right. That's not. But yeah. Yeah. If we're going to descent into madness, then yes, the modern day version is Joker with okay. with Joaquin. Because it is. I know you haven't seen it. And, I, and I, I still think you should see it just so you can have an honest opinion about it. Don't don't be that guy. Be like, I'm not going to see it. Here's my still my opinion. It's like, well, fuck you. I saw it. I have an opinion. Mine automatically wins because I saw the fucking thing. That's fine. But we can win that I'm one. I'm not. But I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, you know, you know, for an atheist, I had to read the Bible to fucking actually like have my argument. That's fair. I can't. I can't um, disagree with that logic. Sure. And you have access to it for free, so it's not like actually, you got to pay for it. I have two two different ways to see it for free now. So there you go. I mean. It, it's a moody ass movie, so yeah. I, I in, in all fairness, it is the closest thing to Taxi Driver. But I would also say, before you even see Joker, you should see King of Comedy. You, you really told me that should. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me that before. 
Because then you'll see, okay, clearly Todd Phillips really loves Scorsese. And if you're going to fucking rip off a filmmaker, and and it, it, it might as well be Scorsese. I mean, Tarantino did it. <laughs> Todd Phillips. And, True. you know, the, the fact that you got the guy who made the three Hangover movies, which are fucking infinitely entertaining to a certain degree. I actually really like the first one, but sure. But you know what I'm saying. I yes. mean, it's the guy who did the Hangover. Like, and then... Oh my God! He made this really gritty fucking descent yeah. in the madness yeah, yeah, yeah. character study. It's really impressive. If they made if they made this movie, if they made this list in 2020, no doubt about it, Joker would be on it. But so would The Dark Knight, and so would probably fucking like Avengers. I mean, that's you the mean, thing. This this list is really fucking incomplete. Uh, without <laughs> spiraling off too far, there's two MCU movies, not Avengers, that immediately come to mind that would be on this list if they were doing it now. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no particular order. I don't even know where it would fall like in the rankings, but Iron Man 1. Absolutely. Just for setting off the whole fucking thing, right? At, and it's, it's infinitely entertaining. I can sure. rewatch that movie every fucking time. Agreed. And Black Panther. Mm. Those are the two MCU non-Avengers movies that would make this list, I think should make this li- make a list like this, hands down. Um, yeah, culturally. Culturally significant for both reasons. Yeah. I would have included... I mean, I thought about including Civil War, but there are some plot holes. Like, there are some things yeah. in Civil War that you're like, all right, it's a bit convoluted. If, if you're going to go Cap, uh, and as much as I don't like the movie, I would say Winter Soldier. I would say Winter Soldier. Winter yeah. Soldier is a great 70s espionage film that happens to be a comic book movie. Okay. Um, no, I'm sorry. I go would, ahead. If you have more you want to say, please. About what? Or no, just just in, you were talking. I thought I interrupted you. My fault. You didn't interrupt me. Let's let's move um, on. Moving on on the list, real quick. Uh, I'm trying to see where we left off. Taxi driver. Okay, I just have a very brief thing to say about West Side Story, and then we can move on. Um, first off, mm-hmm. I think it's looking back on it. It's been years since I've seen it, but even looking back on it, I think I didn't give it the do it it deserves. I think it's better than I gave it credit for. Again, I was okay. probably way too young to see it. not not like inappropriately young, but just to grasp it, to put my wrap my brain around it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's um, dated. It's it's a little dated, but I I think it's one of those ones that holds up too, though. At the same time, um, God, it's 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 a non-threatening film. Like it's it, sure. if you break it, if you boil it down, it's it's Romeo and Juliet, and it's a it's gang versus gang movie. But like you really like because they're singing and dancing with fucking switchblades, it doesn't look threatening, right? Now, whereas. I, Spielberg is fucking remaking it. Did you know that? No, I, I yes, I had heard that. I, I did. I don't know if I knew Spielberg was attached, but I knew they were remaking mm-hmm. it. Um, I will. I just want to briefly comment though that Natalie Wood, the actress who played Maria, mm-hmm. and was married to Robert Wagner and died mysteriously on their boat in Catalina. Um, mm-hmm. there's a documentary that came out this year on HBO about that. Um, Do they mention that? Uh, Christopher Walken was on the boat too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, and I don't know if you knew this, and actually, I didn't know it until I watched the um, uh, watched the documentary. But they have actually reopened the case, and Robert Wagner is considered a person of interest. Really? Yeah. Now that's all I know about it because it is an open ca- open case. It's still ongoing. Well, of course, he's a person of interest. It's you know anybody who's seen any episode of Law and Order, any murder mystery, 
There's a large percentage of it was the fucking spouse. Yeah, but it, it's just interesting. And I will tell you, because I know you have access to HBO, it's a HBO documentary. So if you're interested in watching it, I do suggest it. So the case is being reopened based on the documentary? No, I think it was being oh. reopened anyway, and they're just discussing it within the documentary. Yeah. They got tired of all the Natalie Wood jokes. <laughs> anyway. No, I didn't say the joke. I was saying, like, they, they're probably like, you know, she deserves better. She deserves more recognition uh, apart yeah. from being a punchline. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's for sure. And and, and they don't paint anyone in one light or another light. They try. The one thing I liked about this documentary more than some other ones I've seen in general is they didn't. They literally were just trying to get data and facts and information and maybe in some cases opinion but they're not trying to paint robert wagner one way they're not trying to paint her another way they're not trying to paint the lapd in another like they're just trying to present what happened you know right so and i respect that because sometimes you'll watch a documentary and you can see it definitely leans a direction so you know right um next one on this list number 50 so we're halfway through but we're gonna do some big jumps i think coming up here but the next, the next one is Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring, which would be the first of the three Rings movies, right? Excluding now, the 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 old animated Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, right? we're talking about the Peter Jackson live action ones from the two thousands, the early two thousands. Um, mm-hmm. I will tell you right now, and we've had a discussion already tonight about the first one and why we think they're picking the first one, but. If we're going overall film, The Two Towers is my favorite. But if we're talking film quality, I really think Return of the King is the best of the three. Um, you you know as well as I that I, I'm not... I, I now reached a point where I like the Rings films, but I'm not a really big fan. I right. could really... Like, if you could ask me, which world would you want to live in? Star Wars world or, or Lord of the Rings? I would Star pick Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I think I would too. As much as I like the Rings movies, I would go that way too. So, but I'd even go even further if I could choose between like, would you want to go to Hogwarts and have like Hogwarts and magic and Harry Potter world be real, or would you want to like fucking travel the Middle Earth and fucking deal with that Gollum bullshit? I would pick Harry Potter. I I, I think I'm with you still. Honestly, like I do. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we're not that far off. I, no. I, I, I have nothing but respect for Peter Jackson as a filmmaker, and now I'm at that point where I can, I can I th- be thoroughly entertained and less confused. Is really I, now that where I'm at. I think. Well, here's the thing. I also grew up with the Rings. Like I had people around me that had read the books and were like obsessed with it. So like, while I didn't read the books because I haven't, they educated me enough that when I was watching these movies, I wasn't fully just lost. Do you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, I, I went into it with enough knowledge to know what to expect without knowing the story. And because I knew what a hobbit was. I knew what the Shire was. I, you know what I mean? I knew what the elves were. I knew all that stuff. So, right. It was part of everyone's dialogue and slang. But And I, you know. and I had read The Hobbit because The Hobbit's an infinitely shorter book than any of the Rings books. So Same here. I read The Hobbit. I couldn't. I, I tried getting through Lord of the Rings when I was 11 and I couldn't do it. Yeah. So, so it, but it, I mean, it, but having that base within the Hobbit, cause the Hobbit is essentially a prequel to the rings. Sure. You know, you, you, it gives you enough to, at least for me to be able to follow and enjoy. So I would definitely say Lord of the Rings, the movies, all three movies are infinitely better than the three Hobbit movies. That you, I think it's got some good yes. casting. I think Martin Freeman as, as Bilbo is really good casting. I, I, and you, 
I like the Hobbit movies, but I can't disagree with you. They they could have made that one movie, maybe two. They didn't need you could, to split They could have done two. They could have yeah. they could have done how they did. They didn't need that fucking elfin uh uh, uh what the fuck are they? Or uh, not orc. They're they're um the Dorakai? fuck are the dwarves. Oh, the dwarves, yeah. The elf dwarf fucking love triangle thing that was so stupid with fucking Evangeline. Is that is that who it is? Evangeline, Evangeline Lily? Lily, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's not even in the fucking book. Like they made like like I, I don't think I don't Legolas is either. To be fair, I don't remember him in the Hobbit. In the Hobbit, book. yeah. No, he because they didn't establish Legolas was the son of the elf of. Ribbendell or I don't I don't it's, it's, yeah. I'm sorry for the no, no, yeah, yeah. It's like the blonde fucking elves the blonde elfin king yeah you know the the Lucius Malfoy of fucking elves Hugo um, Hugo Weaving at least he no, wasn't no 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 the other one the the one by um the one played by fucking Ronan the accuser of fucking guardians oh, Lee Pace okay I, yeah I it's been a while since I've seen it so I yeah so he's featured in the Hobbit book but I don't believe they ever established that. Legolas was his son until the movie. Right. Okay. All right. Which which would make sense. It's like, why the fuck are they focusing so much on Legolas? It's like, well, okay, he's actually he's like the prince elf. That makes right, right, right. Sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I think I probably have seen Fellowship more than Two Towers and Return of the King. So in that aspect, I probably do like Fellowship the most. Well, yeah, I I just think from a and if you get the chance or you're ever interested, go back and watch the Return of the King and think of it from a film perspective. Forget whether you like it; just look at it from a a film. Do you sure. know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's definitely I think the best of three, which is hard to say in general. But if I could just put a cap on this, considering they shot all three simultaneously, it's not like they shot Fellowship, released it, and yeah. But I'm saying it's not like they shot Fellowship, saw its success, and went back and shot. Two Towers and Return of the King. They, it's sh- a, yeah, yeah. The fact that, like, I mean, New Line Cinema, which isn't around anymore, yeah, yeah, had probably some like they probably made two things made them the most money: Lord of the Rings and Freddy Krueger. Yep, like New Line Cinema became a thing because they gambled on on Nightmare on Elm Street, and it paid off. Paid they off. they said. Uh, New Line Cinema is the studio that Freddie built. Okay. And now where the fuck are they? Um, um, I don't have anything until we get up to 40, but if you have something you want to say in between there, go for it. Look, Rear Window is a great film. Straight Car is okay. Shade, is, if you like Westerns, is a good film. Philadelphia Story, I never saw. Midnight Cowboy, you should see just based on how fucking dark it is. But, like, overall, you could live your whole fucking life with that. It's one of those movies, like, yeah, I see it on the list, but it's not really fucking that. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde never saw. King Kong. The only King Kong I've ever ever seen, and I know you're going to laugh and give me shit, and that's fine, was the one with Jack Black from what? The Peter Jackson one. Yeah. Well, because they've done that, they've done this newer one that I hear is really good, the Kong Skull Island. I hear is really good. It's very entertaining. But I haven't seen it yet, so. Um, now, sound and music, I can speak to that, which I can't go for it. No, and I don't have a whole lot to say. I mean, except that you got Julie Andrews, who, if I'm right, I think Mary Poppins was before this, so I might be wrong. Off the ch- I'll check. I think, I think 
Mary Poppins might be after, actually. I'm, I'm checking now. But, you know, Julie Andrews is a, you know, she can sing like nobody's business, you know, and there are other actresses that can, but she has a presence about her, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and just the whole story. Look, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how to say this word. It's going to not sound bad for a minute, but I will explain myself. People love Nazis in movies. They don't like the Nazis, but they love movies with Nazis in them. If you think about it, like some of the, you know, the movies, I, I, I've heard, you know, what, what's, the, what's the thing I've heard? And it's a joke. So people, please understand this is a joke. But the joke has been, you want an Oscar, you make a Nazi movie or a mentally challenged person. Yeah. And you get your Oscar. Like it's. I, w- I want to see a mentally challenged Nazi. <laughs> yeah, there was one. Asshole. He's called Hitler. Um, I mean a movie, man. <laughs> I I mean like, um, Mary Poppins was before Sound of Music, but by a year, so they were literally like right around the same time. Um, probably why she got Sound of Music. Probably, yeah. I I would I would agree with that. Um, and it, it's yeah, but, but it's a great story about escape, um, escaping the Nazis. You know it. I just I like the movie. I think it I think it holds a special place for me because my mom loves it so much, and we watch. This is like, remember I've told you about the Ten Commandments. We watch it every year yeah. around Easter. I know you're not a fan, and I told you how like we watch Raiders every year because they used to show it every year, like Memorial Day weekend on Sunday. That would be like a thing that CBS did. They would CBS used so to have. So you're planning on watching it tomorrow? No, I'm not gonna watch. No, because I don't have that same tradition with Raiders. I'll watch Raiders whenever. But I'm saying they used to do that, and Sound of Music was very similar. They would there was a I forget when, but there would be a weekend every year you could count on the Sound of Music being on on Saturday or Sunday night and mm-hmm. running, and it and be and it's a lengthy movie, and with commercials, it's it's like three hours with because it was on TV, so they would break it up for commercials and stuff. Sure. Um. So it, but it's just a classic that holds up. So that's all I got to say about it. But then the next one up on the list, number 39, Dr. Strangelove, another Kubrick film. One that I want to see that I have not yet. This is actually one of Kubrick's films that I really want to see because I've, I've heard such great things and I've seen clips that I've really enjoyed, but I've just never had the opportunity to actually watch the film. Um, first and foremost, yes, Kubrick did do it. It is the least Kubrick movie of his of I've heard his that. Repertoire. Yeah. It is a Peter Sellers film. Go into it thinking this is this Peter Sellers may should have just may have already directed it. And then Kubrick was like, Oh, well, you know, I, I was behind the camera. So technically I get it, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a funny movie. Uh, and I mean, I also think it's, you know, Dr. Strangelove is that movie. Well, it's a, it's a bit of a, show that, what? it's a bit of a bond spoof, isn't it? To a degree. Yeah, kind of. No, it, it's it shows the. It's like if you made a whole movie about Spectre without Bond. Okay, it's it's that side of. But yeah, that's I guess yeah. I I said it wrong, but that's kind of what I meant. Yeah, it's an espi it's it's an espionage film without the spot. Like, <laughs> without yeah, I mean it, it has also been a very long time since I've seen it, but it is. But I noticed a pattern. It's always. Like I've seen the majority of people that rent or that have rented Dr. Strangelove were people that like it was their overzealous parents. They're like, you've got to see this. It, it's it's a bonding movie between parents and children when like children are children. Sure. It, it's like, 
if I I think the the diagnosis would be if a parent is going to force their kid to watch a black and white movie, it's going to be Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the next one for me is all the way up at thirty four. But if you have something you want to say about in between there, please. No, no. There's a thirty four Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which I believe is only the second animated movie on the entire, and maybe the only other animated movie on the list, and the only Disney film. What? Okay, so hear me out because I know they're their own. They were the they. Wasn't Disney? Wasn't Pixar part of Disney when they did Toy Story? I know they broke off and then they came back. So weren't Techn- they technically yes. a Disney film back then? I think Toy Story maybe may have just been a Pixar film, and then they were partnered. They weren't bought by Disney at that point. They were partnered for like. Although I think Toy Story had like distribution through Disney. But they're tied to Disney. It's not a separate company is all I'm kind of right. getting at. I don't know. I mean, I think you can make the difference between it's the only non-Pixar Disney film on this list. It's the, which, well, here, it's it's the only hand-drawn animated movie on the on the. But it, it's the only traditional Disney film. I mean, I... Yeah. Well, I mean, Snow White is the first full-length the, it's the animated OG. feature. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's on here. It sure. had never been done before. But, like, I mean, I would say there's infinitely better Disney films than Snow White. Snow White is just on here because of the OG thing, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. It's still a great movie. It's still artistically drawn and blah, 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 blah. And the fucking, you know, Dopey wants to get, you know, he's he's constantly giving Snow White some head, you know, all right, so that was a that was a deep cut. That's a deep cut, yeah. Um, but like Lion King should have fucking been on this damn thing. You want to talk about one flew over the cuckoo's nest because I've never seen it. Um, nah. Okay. It's a great. It's a great cast. It's a great story. Fair enough. Thirty two. You got Godfather Part Two. We're gonna be doing that Godfather deep dive, so we'll move on from that. Um. Nice. Then you got to me. I mean, the Maltese Falcon. You mentioned that earlier when you were talking about Bogart, you know. And yeah. I, I, I recognize that all of those Bogart films have their place. But having not seen them, I can't speak to them. But I mean, I understand that things like without the Maltese Falcon, there are a lot of other movies that we probably love that you don't get. So I, I, I get you wouldn't that. Wouldn't have a whole genre. Exactly. I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouthfeel. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But you know, so. You wouldn't have noir if it right. wasn't for the Maltese Falcon. Right. So, um, but then you have Apocalypse Now at 30. Which I, 
you know, we skipped over Platoon. I like Platoon more than Apocalypse. I think Apocalypse. I need to rewatch. Did we skip it. Platoon? Sorry about that. No, no, no. It's fine. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but I thought Apocalypse. I, I still think Apocalypse is a bit overrated. You want to talk about an overrated film? I think Apocalypse is overrated. Okay, fair enough. Um, I need to rewatch it as an adult. That's that's the difference. I've never seen either of them, to be fair. So, oh, um, uh, is good. I I want to go to To Kill a Mockingbird at twenty five. Great, absolutely, um, I agree. A, groundbreaking movie, groundbreaking book, for that matter. You know, um, for uh, for the time that it is, yeah, nineteen sixty two. Yep. Yep. It is all about racial injustice. And still applies, sadly. <laughs> but, I mean, here's the cultural significance. The civil rights was right at the beginning of this. Sure. If I remember correctly, and I, 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 I admit I could be wrong, I don't think it was fully legal for interracial marriage in America until like 1967. Fully legal. Right. For, for Gregory Peck and the filmmakers to make a movie based on a book, based, you know, to be fair, based on a book um, about racial inequality and social dis- injustice and how, you know, if a white woman says that black guy raped me, you know, unf- you're right. Unfortunately, that still is a, you know, we got barbecue Becky. We got fucking hermit patty i mean these are just one steps away from black people being shot based on a white person's uh criticism or or claim absolutely um credit to your your memory sir 1967 was the year that it was it was legalized in the country so cool i'm glad i'm glad the fat check actually fucking turned out to be correct there you go um which to be fair based on based on uh some helpful feedback we should do more we should start yes. doing yes. we need our fucking fact checker yeah what's Steph? she doing tonight um <laughs> the fact checker just flipped me off yes i'm sure she flipped me off too i just can't see it um uh, i think it was aimed for me all right number 24 uh, is a movie we have discussed before and neither of us are huge fans of but i think i no, at least understand no, it's no 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 i thought you were I, no i don't i'm not a, i'm not not a huge fan i'm not i'm it's not um, I mean, it's not my favorite movie, but I definitely love E.T. Okay. I was terrified of it when I was little. Well, yeah, I, I could see depending on what your age, what age you could be terrified by that. I get that. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was legit. Like I paired it with Alien and Predator. I was like, oh my god, E.T. so fucking scary. And, like my mom was like, you are high as shit. Um, I want to jump up to twenty unless you have something you want to say about the three in between. Um, look, Grapes of Wrath. Okay, movie. I'm sure. I mean, I'm gonna get a lot of shade for this. I thought the book was just badly written and boring, and, and just I didn't. My dad forced me to read it at like ten, mm. and I, I think it was. I think you. You know, a lot of this shit that I've already said is based on when I saw it or when I read it, and sure. I think sure. I think certain books and movies do require a double take. They do require a, okay, I'm 20. I've grown since I was seven. You know, like, let's fucking try something. Let's let's experience it through 20-year-old eyes. Now that you've lived a little bit, experience yeah, tragedy yeah. And, and and elation. You know, let's, let's give something going on. So 
as of now, my opinion of Grapes of Wrath is it's fucking overrated, and I think the film was overrated. But I think at the time where it shows struggles, okay, yeah, that's significant. But you could take any fucking movie of struggles now and replace it. All right. Some like it hot, entertaining. Maryland's hot. Uh, you know, it's a funny movie, blah, 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 blah. Chinatown, yeah, kind of overrated, personally. In number 20, uh, it's a wonderful life. Um, I- I'm not a huge fan, but I get it. I get where it fits. I get that it's a Christmas staple. It's, you know what I mean? It's one of those movies, It's you guarantee it's going to be on every year. You know, right up there with movies that don't belong anywhere on this list, like A Christmas Story. But it's still going to play every year. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean it's it's it is an entertaining ass film, no matter how you swing it. Sure. You got I mean Jimmy Stewart. Is it the best Jimmy Stewart role? Probably not. Yeah. But is it the one where it, it's uh, it's a wonderful life? I could probably argue, even though it is a Christmas movie, you could watch it outside of Christmas and still be entertained. Sure, probably. Yeah. You're not probably. gonna be like, oh, why the fuck am I watching this in July? <laughs> well, yeah, and that's that's yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, I want to talk about 19 for a second on the waterfront. Okay. I have such big problems with, with the background of this movie and I am biased as all hell. I don't, I fucking think Marlon Brando is an overrated actor. I know you do. You're not a fan. I'm not a fan. I, I think I could respect an actor's craft, but I have such a hard time understanding what the fuck he's trying to say. And I know I mumble from time to time, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean I can understand what, what the fuck Brando's saying. It's not an accent. We don't understand each other. Sure. You know, but Brando is, you know, there's a, there's a piece of trivia. I always found him an unprofessional actor. I, I've always found, like, as all the criticism and praise that he's gotten over the years, my biggest beef is that he can't fucking do the simplest things to make the film better. He won't learn his fucking lines. Yeah. I mean, he, not now. He he, he did, but... He did. He did. No, it's like, true. It's just a funny way he said it. He... He... Almost, he... <laughs> a little bit of Cosby, like, he would like to talk to you. Like, oh, dear God. All right. And hold on. Brando... <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, fucking... Uh, when... <laughs> When Brando was in uh, Superman, he refused. He wanted to learn. His, he wanted to. Ha- he had the his lines on the diaper of the fucking baby that was playing young Kal El. Right. Like, come on, dude. He he almost killed Francis Ford Coppola because Coppola was trying to do. A, you want to talk about apocalypse now? Coppola was like in the fucking jungle trying to make a movie, and like. He, he went to Brandon. He's like, I need you to do three fucking things. I need you to read the script. I need you to read the book, Heart of Darkness. And I need you to lose some fucking weight. Kurtz is real thin. You are not. And Brando couldn't read the book. He could He didn't refuse to read the script. And he actually gained fucking weight. Mm. So all these scenes were as much as Apocalypse Now is a really interesting film, if not overrated, like I said. It's more fascinating to see what Coppola had to do to make this movie without killing himself or the crew or the cast. Yeah. He had to like put Brando in all these fucking like dark shots. And it wasn't for artistic reasons. It was to hide how fucking fat he was. 
Like right. Martin Sheen had a heart attack. I remember. And almost died. It was I... like walking with a cane and had to have his brother, Ramon, be a double. Like there's an opening scene where fucking Martin Sheen is a, is a, he just got out of the war. He's, and he's now been told he's got to go back to fucking Vietnam. And it's, and he drinks and he just goes nuts and punches a fucking mirror. That was all improvised by Martin Sheen. He told the crew, he's like, I'm going to get really drunk. And I just need to roll, roll camera. And it's in the movie. Also, it was his birthday and he punches a mirror and cuts his fist open and just smears his real blood on his face. What the fuck? So number uh, yeah. 17 is the graduate. Um, very much for me, I've never seen it, but in that same vein as North by Northwest, it recreated scenes from the movie. Different different scenes in different other films and genres. The graduate's fine. It's a fine movie. It's probably the most restrained Dustin Hoffman performance. Yeah. I mean, Rain Man, you can argue he's really restrained in that, but he's sure. still, that's the point. Whereas The Graduate, it's like he's such a kind of a boring fucking character. I will say the music is great. And 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 Bancroft is fine. I um movie I well, I just want to move I mean I hate to say it, but I just want to move on to we've already talked about fifteen, two thousand one a space odyssey. We kind of talked about that a few times tonight, so I don't think we need to go into that again. Um fourteen you got psycho. I haven't oh, seen it. Psycho. I know. And you've said a lot to me about it off air. We've already been at this for a while, and we've got a lot to do still. So, all right, moving um, on. Star Wars. Star Wars. Should we talk about Star Wars? Yeah, if let's talk about hear, Star you Wars. If you want to hear our thoughts about Star Wars, uh, you could listen to Star Wars or McClunky. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah. The Searchers, never heard of. I can't say City Lights. I think it's a Western. City okay. Lights is a Chaplin film about a blind girl who falls in love with Chaplin's character and thinks he is uh, rich. Gotcha. She, she thinks he's rich and he now is like, I, I don't want her to think I'm not rich. Maybe do you think she'll love me if I'm, if I'm a poor man like that? It's, it's a really beautiful film. Okay. Now we're at the top 10 before we move on with the top 10 Rico. A lot of these I haven't seen actually after this, this one we're about to mention. That's it. I haven't seen any of these. So if you want to give me thumbnails on the rest, no, you can. Not, not sure. You saw number two. Yes, but we're not going to talk about that one tonight anyway, because of reasons. We'll mention it, but we're not going to deep dive it tonight for the same reason. We're not deep diving on the movie. Um, right, number 10, number 10 is the wizard of Oz. Um, I think it's. I think we're talking about an overrated movie. Myself, I I like the movie. I get how groundbreaking it was, but as a whole, as a story, as a entered piece of entertainment, I think it's a little overrated. Is it number ten? No way. Is, Is it, it? Does it belong on this list? Yes. 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 No question about that. I won't. I won't argue with that. Um, Vertigo at number nine. Never heard of personally. Um, sure, it's a it's a Hitchcock film. Okay, eight Schindler's List. Look. I need to watch that movie. I've never seen it. I, not because I, I just haven't. Um, it, it's it's a drainer, dude. It yeah, is, I've heard that. Yeah, it's such a drainer. You, you got to mentally prepare. It, Schindler's List is a movie that you see in the morning, and then you have like a bunch of fun shit to do afterwards. <laughs> right, because it's it'll kill you. It'll mentally kill it, you. It, yeah. It, oh, it's so um, hard to watch, dude. Lawrence of Arabia. The only thing I think we need to mention about that is I think it still holds the record for the most extras in cinema history. I believe. 
That, I don't know. You should fucking look that up because, you know, our fact checker is doing shit. Yeah, she's too too busy doing other shit. So yeah, she's um, she's she's so busy. All she does is stick her tongue out at me. Um, you know, and I'm saying this because I believe it, but also really to fuck with our fact checker. Yeah, I think Lords of Arabia is boring as hell and overrated as shit. Yeah, there's the figure. There's the middle finger. Yeah, it's number seven, Steph. Oh, don't fucking air pump like your fucking Judd from. Uh, breakfast club like don't fucking like yeah fuck you run to arabia fuck okay you. i have to take back my sentence good take back i'm, I'm looking at the top 10 it's not even in the top 10 of most extras of all time maybe in fucking 1962 i mean very quickly very quickly it's the lord of the rings all three mm-hmm. i guess because they're shooting you know the last emperor from 87 gandhi from 82 Waterloo from 1970, uh, Spartacus, which we talked about earlier. I'm Spartacus. Uh, I have to change pages. Give me one second. Number <laughs> five on this list is uh, Ben-Hur, which we also discussed earlier tonight. I'm Ben-Hur. <laughs> number, four, number four is Around the World in 80 Days, the original one from 1956, not the Jackie Chan one. Um, number, no one would conclude the fucking Jackie Chan one ever. No. Number three is actually the Ten Commandments, the one that I've been trying to get you to watch, and that does yeah. have a shit ton of extras in it, so that doesn't stun me. Number two is Quo Vadis Vadis. Quo Vadis. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and the, the one with the most ever, according to this list, and it's from tasteofcinema.com, so I don't even know how accurate this list is, but it's from 1927, a movie called Metropolis. Oh, yeah. Wow, really? That's got the most extras? Yeah. That's just because they didn't want to pay anybody. They... So, ah. um, anyway, I... so get, getting back to our list, though. Um, yeah. Then you have Gone with the Wind. Again, culturally significant, but I'm guessing you think it's overrated based on that reaction. Oh, I mean, culturally significant definitely belongs on the list, but... I don't know anybody. I think it's overrated name, a little bit, personally. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know anybody who can name me more than three fucking scenes of Gone with the Wind. Um, singing in the Rain. Can you stuff? Can you, do you think Gone with the no, Wind is overrated? No, she's not fact-checking. She doesn't get a word. Let's move on. Oh, Number yeah. F- CJ says, you're not fact-checking. You don't get to say shit. <laughs> Number five, singing in the rain. Um, I've seen clips of it. I've never same sat here. down and watched it. It's definitely got one of the most. What? What are you looking at? No, you're going to give me a look. What the fuck are you talking about? What? I'm wasting recording. Talk to me, lady. No, 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 no. Sing in the rain. Yeah, Sing in the rain. Not all of it. Moving on. Number four, <laughs> Raging Bull. Steph, have you seen Raging Bull? Then shut the fuck up. <laughs> number four, Raging Bull. Now, I I haven't seen it, but I assume you have. I don't Raging remember your Bull? list. Yeah, yeah. 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 I haven't seen it. Is it now? Correct me if I'm wrong, because I always get that in Taxi Driver confused for one thing, one thing only, and that's the, you talking to me. Which one is you talking to me? Is that Taxi Driver or is that Rage and Bull? Taxi. Taxi. Okay, I thought so. The the closest line to Rage and Bull that sounds like you talking to me is like, "Did you fuck my wife?" That's Did you it. Fuck my okay, wife? I know that one too. I just yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You Every fuck my wife. You fuck my wife. Um. <laughs> Michael and I, when we were younger, we saw there was a there still is a YouTube video 
where they had taken the dialogue of Pesci and De Niro doing the You Fuck My Wife and put it in with Flintstones, like old Flintstone cartoons. It is fucking funny. Yeah. So, like, well, when I saw that, we were like, You Fuck My Wife, You Fuck My Wife. Eddie, Eddie Izzard has a bit in Dress to Kill, the one that was shot in San Francisco there years and years and years ago. And I don't mm-hmm. remember the whole thing, but he's talking about that. He's like, about, oh, yeah, it's, um, it's Dr. Heimlich who figured out the Heimlich maneuver talking uh-huh. to his wife. And at some point in, in Eddie Izzard's version of this, he just starts going a little mad and goes, he's talking to his wife. He's like, you fuck my wife. You fuck, I, I am your wife. I mean, like, it's just the whole thing. You have to see the bit. It's pretty funny. Maybe I'll put it in the episode. Anyway, number three, Casablanca. Again, that's your Bogart stuff. I haven't seen it myself, and I know Cas- I know where it belongs, but... Casablanca is a great film. I just don't believe it's it's number three right now. I think... So where would you got- put it, briefly? Like, if you had to, off the top of your head, where would you drop it? It's It would be in the top 20. Okay. I still th- I still love The African Queen, but it's a cultural significant movie of beginning of cinema to the end of the fucking all-time cinema. Casablanca belongs on this list. It's a, it is a fascinating story. It's a World War II film without being a World War II film. Yeah. Um, it shows the seedier side of of Europe without being a World War film, and and oh, maybe not Europe, but it's it's uh because Casablanca is, is, is not Europe. Um, it's off the coast of Africa, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's 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 a non-American film. It was like sure. one of the first movies where it's like we're gonna throw American in non-America and you're going to have to fucking deal with that. Right. It's, I mean, when I saw it, I was a kid, I was bored a little bit and, but you know, it's still really fascinating to watch. I mean, Bogart wins the movie. Bogart is phenomenal in the film. Okay. Number two is a movie that we're going to deep dive at another date, um, which is the Godfather, the first one. And the only one of set of sequels in this entire list. It's it's Godfather and Godfather Part Two. So we'll be getting into those when we do our Godfather deep dive. But my only question to you about this right now is: is it number two out of, of Godfather? Just, out of Godfather over Godfather Two? No, no, or? no. Well, just in general on this does list, it, does, does it should it be lower? Should it be higher? Oh, it should be higher than what number one is. As far as I'm concerned, you want to talk about. An overrated so, fucking So you think movie. Citizen Kane... I've never seen it, but you think Citizen Kane's overrated? Citizen Kane is a well-made film. It is a cultural achievement. Orson Welles did a great fucking movie. However, I think it's one of those movies that people like to say that they've seen in order to sound like they actually know what they're talking about. It's right. It's... It, Citizen Kane is that movie where if you say you saw it, no one's going to pressure you and be like, okay, so tell me about Citizen Kane. And they'd be like, um, no, it, it's a movie about a guy named Kane and there's a, and he's a citizen and <laughs> there's, there's a rose and it's a bud and it's a, it's a sleigh and it's a thing. And you're like, oh, you haven't seen shit. You haven't seen shit, motherfucker. Um, yeah, it should be called Citizen Kane. I, um, as I mentioned earlier, as we've been going through this, I put together a list of just movies, and these are in no particular order. Did you check it twice? Yes. Um, 
so what I'm what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna Dr. read you Doctor Heimlich, I presume. I'm gonna read you this list, and I want you to, as briefly as you can, give me your opinions if they deserve to be on the list, the hundred list. Great. Um, these are in no particular order. Again, I want to stress that. Like, let me let me ask you: Is this the special thing, surprise thing you got no, going on? No, still, no, this okay. was off the top of my head as we were going through it. No. Okay. Um, number one, swingers. And the top 100? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, it's I think a, so. It's an entertaining film, but I, no. Um, Fight Club? Um, yes, but for all the wrong reasons. All the wrong reasons. The Matrix, which we kind of already t- touched on, so. Yes, I, I, I agree they should be on the list. Okay, again, another one we already kind of touched on, but I just wanted to add it to the list that we were doing, and that's Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. So we already said that. Apollo 13. I, I honestly can't give you an opinion. Okay. I, I, I don't even know if I've actually fully seen it. The Tom Hanks movie? Nah. Oh, wow. I thought you had. Yeah. Um, You mentioned this movie during our conversation, so I added it because I think you... I don't personally think so, but since you mentioned it, I thought I'd put it on the list anyway, and that dances with wolves. Yeah. Um, yeah. Goodwill Hunting, I think, deserves to be on this list. Um... It's a great movie, and Robin is great, and the dialogue and the writing of Ben and Matt are great. Uh, top 100? I mean, if if I would ever say yes, it would be number 101. And okay, that's not enough. like... Right, right, right. I, I would say they should expand the list to include it. Is right, how I, would. I got you. I understand what you're saying. Um, uh, in that same vein, Dead Poets Society? Yeah, in the same vein, expand the list to include yeah. it. I, I um, wouldn't say it's in the top 100, but it's definitely be- it's, it, 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 it should be included. Gladiator? Eh, not as much. I, I, I don't think... I think Gladiator is a fine, entertaining film, but it's it's not as... But but think about achievement. You know what I mean? Like, some of these... Yeah. I don't know. Um, The achievement is, is Russell Crowe became infinitely popular it really i don't know if i agree with that but okay fair enough. i think i think it's probably one of the best joaquin p phoenix performances oh yeah all right um born identity i think i mean you don't have bonds so maybe not but if you but no, you know yeah, i matt damon's great born identity is, is 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 a is a personal favorite of mine but no no it doesn't um, belong to us at all good morning vietnam yes that i would include yeah. that's definitely in the I would put that like the 87 range. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. Um, this one I'm going to mention just because everyone I've, I hear talk about movies always mention this movie, but I've never seen it. I can't speak to it, but on Golden Pond. I've never seen it. I know it. I've never seen it, but okay. I, I would, it's one of those ones where you're like, wow, I didn't, I'm surprised this didn't make the list. Even that's though I've never of, seen it. Right. That's kind of where I was at. That's why I put it yeah. here. Um, American History X. That should be on it. I mean, it's got a lot of faults, so it would be low at the bottom. But uh, yeah, I'm not saying top number one or anything. But yeah, right. But significantly, just to so people should see it. Yes, it I, should I, be on. It. I think if we agree that Black Panther should be on this list, then this should be on there for the same. Re- you know, for the same reasons. You know, like the cultural significance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, da, da, da. And this one I picked just because there's not a lot of comedy on this list. I noticed that there's not a lot of like yucks on this list, right? right. Animal House. I'm not a huge fan, but I, I I get where it fits in the pantheon. 
I mean, it's a, it's an, I think there's a reason why there's not that many funny movies on here is because humor is a acquired taste and it's subjective. To it's the very viewer. subjective. Sure. Yeah. I know people who hate Animal House. I, I, I know people who. I'm not the biggest fan. And, and now the weather. Expect partly cloudy skies with an excellent chance of maximum refunds. Wait, that can't be right. Oh, but it is. Who are you? I'm April. And we could see refunds raining down all tax season with people switching to Tax Act. Tax Act? The tax filing software that makes it easy to file for less and get more. New forecast. It's sunny days ahead for everyone using Tax Act. Always happy to brighten your day. Tax Act. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. See taxact.com for details. If I, if I was going to pick something similar to it, I would go Van Wilder over Animal House. But if I'm picking for... Yeah, I would. But if I'm picking for a list like, no, 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 hear me out. I'm not talking about for this list. I'm talking about personal preference. If I'm going to watch a movie. Sure, sure. But for a list like this, Animal House over Van Wilder every day. And that's why I wrote that down. You know what I'm saying? I would, I would agree yeah. with that. You can have your own personal. Because. Like, well, I, in because terms I, of college comedies, I like this more than that. Yeah, I get it. Right, that's what I'm saying. But you don't get your Van Wilders or your American Pies or anything like that without Animal House. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, uh, here's the thing. They did have a lot of comedies on here. They were all from, like, the silent well, era. Well, you're talking That's about, like, thing. Chaplin's and stuff. I'm talking about, Chaplin like, Chaplin and yeah. Marx Brothers. But, like, yeah, I mean, look, would I want Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein to be on this fucking list? Sure. But it ain't going to happen. One more, and then I'm done, I think, for now. I'm sure I could, well, I got, I'm sure we could come up with our own 100 list. I got, I got one that I'm absolutely surprised and that was, that was not on this list. Um, Ghostbusters for me. The first one. Mm. Top 100. I think they could expand it. Uh, if you'll give me that, I think they could expand the list. So if you go like one... 150 or something, I see what you're saying. Or top 200. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, what was the one you were going to mention? Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's true. I can't argue with that. Sure. Yeah. I, I still think that would be in like the top 20. No, I'd, I'd have it in the 80s somewhere. I think. Uh, yeah. I could look. My reasoning is. Yes, it's a creature feature, Stephanie, but it would not be higher than Jaws. It would be lower than Jaws. Fuck you. Both of you are going to look at me like I'm fucking crazy here. I didn't. I'm not looking at you in any. Um, All right. Steph, Steph is, and I'm seeing double. Um, Jurassic Park. I could rewatch Jurassic Park, and the animatronics and the CGI look so much cleaner and better than what we currently have some of the time. Not all the time. But some, some of the, of the time, time. Yeah, I agree. When I watched Jurassic Park, it fucking looks like a T-Rex. Like Not true. Like, and I still think, that no matter what, I still get a swell of, like, nostalgia and and surprise when the raptors are fucking cornering the kids in the fucking kitchen. I still kind of, like, my heart elevates. It's, you know, it's the simplest thing. Like, I think Jurassic Park belongs on the top 100. And goddammit, AFI, what the fuck were you thinking? Okay, so... I think we can wrap up the list then. We're good with... Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, speaking of lists, this is where the surprise starts that I didn't tell okay. you about. Okay. And for the audience, I don't know what the fuck is coming. No, you don't. And it was on purpose. I reached out to our koala respondent <laughs> <laughs> and asked her to give me her top 10, being that it's our 100th episode, her top 10 favorite Potoskew episodes. Oh, Okay. All right, I, and in I'm a brief for... description as to why, and I stressed the word brief. Brief, yeah. <laughs> so three hundred words or less. 
Yeah. No, she did really well. I'm actually really, really proud of her. She did a really good job of getting what what we asked for when we the way we asked for it. So this explains why she has not responded to my fucking message. Okay. No, I get it. I get I've, it. I've had this since before the one year anniversary. I've had this in on hold that long. Oh. But I got it the day of the one year, so I didn't. I decided to hold it till the one hundredth because it. Okay. It, it, it. I would have been shoehorning it in on the on the, on the one year. So. Sure. Um. All right. So I'm gonna. There's a bit of an intro, and again, brief. She did really well. I'm really proud of her for that. I want to stress that. Um. So, g'day from Oz, one and all. It's your favorite correspondent from Oz, Jay. Hoping this impromptu love letter finds you all healthy, safe, and pestilence-free. Firstly, I'd like to take this opportunity to wish the happiest of podiversaries to my favorite podcast in the whole wide world, Podeskew. By the way, Rico, before I continue, when we're done, the, when I'm done the list, I, I mean, you can respond a little bit as we go through, but if you have an overall response, I want you to hold it for me till I tell you, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Um... To the ever-reliable pit crew, Steph and Debbie, my sincerest thank yous, love, and respect for patiently assisting our superheroes each week to create us for us all pure gold. And to my Cape Crusaders, CJ and Rico, since discovering Potescu, you've both become not just my sanctuary and happy place, you, you've become my professors of pop culture and all things fandom, and my humor bearers, my traveling companions, but most importantly, my mates from the States and family to me. As Potescu's now fully approved correspondent, I was given an assignment to list my top favorite Potescu episodes of all time. A seemingly simple task for some, but attempting to single out so few ver- from so very many moments of magic proved to be an almighty challenge for yours truly. My first round of eliminations resulted in a short list which amounted to, ironically, 37. <laughs> After a mentally a sleepless night, tears and heartbreak from those gems left behind, I finally compiled what are my essential top 10 classic list. Essential because without them, I'd surely gone round the bend from boredom throughout this quarantine and isolating time in all of our lives. So, okay, folks, here we go. My official top 10, starting, of course, at number 10. Cinema Wars, Dave's versus Podeskew. From many of your viewing, varying guests and fans you've asked over time, the majority all select this as a Potescu classic, and I concur. It's an ultimate battle of the pop culture minds. The concept, while similar to others out there, was such an intelligent and varied discussion, a well-orchestrated battle, and for me, a fairly adjudicated match. Mm. One which contained a Masters of the Universe premonition by the Dave also. I must admit, I'm still somewhere over the rainbow dreaming of another one, specifically the one discussed with a fellow Potescu fan mate and special guest featured in my number nine spot. Oh, hold on. Uh, Now, number nine, Smoking at Midnight. (laughs) Now, I know you both take great delight in giving me shit about my admiration and for blowing Smokey often, but I was genuinely thrilled listening to this shared moment between my favorite podcasters and mates during this hilarious interview. Blowing smoke up Smoke's ass? Yeah. Just three people sitting around shooting the shit and making each other laugh. Not unlike Steph's incredible laugh, I think Smoke has one of the greatest laughs of all time. It was awesome. What's that? Agreed. Yeah. It was awesome to hear all about his team, the Golgothans, in the Street Hockey League. It was also the first time that I even heard the term mouth hugs, which I now use quite often. <laughs> Number eight, Scan MG, an evening with Matty Granger, and still an evening with Matty Granger. 
Okay, so I'm bending the rules slightly once again, but it was an incredible and exciting three-hour conversation with so many incredible tales. It gave me a whole new definition of inside info. Directly from inside the inner sanctum of the industry, for what it's worth, he'd been an awesome choice for a Star Wars scriptwriter and boner-inducing even for us fangirls. It's definitely one of my fave interviews you've done, and hearing three intelligent entertainers and creators discussing the industry was such an enjoyable treat for us all. Number seven, Potescue strikes again. This was another of my extremely difficult decisions I had to make. As much as both the girls and I love all of your commentaries, this one, this one and your first one in a row, the clerk's commentary, was really a toss-up for me. At times, I've been known to play these two even without the films playing because I know the movie so well. I highly recommend to one and all to go back to the well and deep dive them with your mates and listen back to back listen back to back to them kind of like the recent infinity gauntlet episodes it's a great way to observe the growth and evolution of our cape crusaders but i'm still hoping and praying for that dogma commentary (laughs) it'll happen yep number six new excuse eve 2018 and 2019 so she's combining two yeah she did that a couple times yeah okay okay Again, I'm unable to separate these two magical moments in Potescu folklore. From CJ's adorable inebriation and forced feeding of chicken nuggets, with which I haven't been able to consume ever since without getting the giggles, to this past year's and Rico's downward spiral towards the bottom of his bottle. Both were absolute gold, gentlemen, and I'm looking forward to seeing which of you falls off the cliff first this year, this New Year's also. Stephanie. Yeah, Stephanie. But what I love best about them is all the extreme hard work you got put in you put into gathering all the highlights and weaving them together into a tapestry of hilarity. That is all you, buddy. Yeah, and I know. You deserve all that praise. And for an added bonus this past year, a couple of bong hits sent from across our oceanic divide by Smokey and my beautiful Christmas gift replied to my letters from the incredibly talented Queen staff. Number five, the first anniversary and celebration. Mm. While CJ's happy birthday singing at the beginning caused some inner ear bleeds for me also, it was such an incredible collaboration celebration with so many special guest appearances, all gathering to share in the fun of such an auspicious occasion as your birth baby's first birthday. Both the girls and I had such a blast listening to this one, and it it was the catalyst that got me my first of many noise complaints from my neighbors. (laughs) It also contained several other firsts for me, including my first of many love letters to you all, and the first moment I discovered someone out there in the world actually cared or was even remotely interested in my views, opinion, or my literary passions. I'm forever grateful to you all, and hearing that I made you tear up a little, CJ, has always made me tear up a little bit also. Welcome to how we fucking feel, Jay. Jesus. Right. Number four, Potescue presents Batman Alone and Mastering Dick. (laughs) I've said this often, but this episode is truly an incredible work of art. Your brilliant narration of Henry's well-written and interwoven tale of the Bat Saga was so entertaining and a fantastic performance in and itself. Rico, your vocal interpretations of the Joker is by far the greatest, even better than the OGs in my book. You are very sweet to lie. (laughs) I don't think she's lying. I think that's how she really feels. Ah. Um, But... It was the variety of completely differing vocal performances you gave, highlighting your incredible gifted range and acting chops, which proved to me once again why both Hollywood and Broadway's theatrical scene are missing out terribly on your talented absence, sir. 
Rebecca's Rebecca's Oscar-worthy performance as Harley Quinn was eerily haunting and spectacular. I also agree she was scary good. Even your other special guest appearances of Marcus Superman, Smokey's heartfelt Barry Allen, and Steph's exquisite Lois Lane was so captivating and entertaining from start to finish. And if I may cheat a little yet again, the Master and Dick Outtakes episode has given me and many a guaranteed and instantaneous shot of laughter every time I need a quick fix of my Potoskew addiction. I cry with laughter every single time I hear CJ say, Are you ready for it, sir? Wayne Manor. Mark's sage-like words, There's nothing wrong with talking about Dick and hearing you both lose it each time is pure magic. <laughs> She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Number three, Return to Oz, Battling the Blue Meanie. Some biasness right there, if I'm going to be honest. She addresses that. Hold on. Whilst it may seem a little arrogant to some, I must make a confession to you all that I've already shared with CJ, but for all your episodes that contain my letters, this is the one I've listened to the most. Not merely because it contains our evil scheme to gain revenge over the Joe Joker... Jojo Doker herself, but it's the magical spell you both weave over my silly words and stories that always takes my breath away. Both of your comedically brilliant reactions to them are the sole reason why I'm now in deep writing mode as I slowly navigate my way through my birthday present to you, and this never would have occurred without both your love and support. From making Rico cry at hearing about our Potoskew Pussy Pack discovery to CJ's incredibly touching birthday messages from everyone, hearing Rico's reactions and making you both laugh as I shared my post-trauma with you at JoJo's Blue Bush and Meanie attack on us all. It's truly Mm -hmm. one of the funniest and most amazing moments of my entire life, and reliving it has become my secret indulgence whenever I'm feeling, well, blue. I've never laughed so hard in all my life, nor have I ever been prouder of my little love for writing. I can never thank you both enough for making my writer's dreams come true. To make people laugh with my words, just as our hero Kevin Smith does. Number two, Stefiskew 2 and Stefiskew T2. Absolutely no top 10 list of Potoskew would be complete without the inclusion of our queen of Potoskew, Stephanie. And this was yet another toughie for me. Both the girls and I adore every special appearance from you, Steph, but my absolute faves were Stephiskew 1 and 2, and, well, 2 also. As soon as I heard the question about music that represents you best, I instantly knew this would be a struggle for you, CJ. Hearing you all share not just your top three faves on games, cinema, and songs, but sharing all of your stories from your past, both felt both good and bad felt very much like sitting down with mates and just shooting the shit and sharing it with us all. It's generally one of my most favorite moments in Potoskew history out of them all. These episodes were the catalyst to an extremely fun night had by my BFFs and I as we played along with our own selections. So many memories that I'll treasure forever have been created by the episode and by Potoskew as a whole. But what this episode gifted me with was the chance to discover even more about my girls than I'd ever known, even after being mates together for so many years. Number one, Crash and Burn. All right, (laughs) now I know my number one pick may cause a bit of a stir and some conjecture, but it's my absolute favorite episode of all time of Potoskew. Whilst in both your own words, the episode was recorded on the fly, it it is the one I've come to describe as the Genesis episode of the show. But for me, this episode highlights perfectly the true essence of what I, for one, have come to identify as the heart and soul of Potoskew. 
you and Rico just shooting the shit together. And what results each and every week is pure comedic gold. Surmised perfectly by Rico's analogy of his sex life, a really weird start and a really awkward finish. CJ's hilarious reply of poor Steph had me in stitches from the get-go. Hearing how you both became introduced to Kevin Smith's films, podcasts, and perspectives with regards to chasing whimsies and why nots, I found fascinating and relatable. And how watching and listening to them provided for you both comfort, peace, and inspiration. That's exactly what Potosky was gifted me. Whenever my life is chaotic, my Potosky library that you both created has become for me a cathartic happy place to escape the drudgery of life and never fails to bless me with joy, laughter, and always a humor heart. Now, my special mentions list. Now, being a rule breaker from way back, I was told only was, I was only allowed to pick three. But you'll soon see I kind of sort of bent the rule a little bit. So here goes. So yeah, so she, like I said, she had 37 of them. I told her she had to narrow down to 10. So she asked me if she could give me some honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. So I told her, sure. Number one, both Oscars commentaries. After all, it's always great to watch the long-winded Oscars with mates, especially ones with such a passion and knowledge of the nominees in their films. So much fun and hilarious each one, hence why I've chosen to include them both. Number two, tackling toxicity and figuring out fandom. Again, mm. another cheat on my part, but they were a fantastic comparative pair of episodes that tackled the weird little world we're all privy to, the downsides of, from inside the fandom world. A great topic with great guests from Lilu Multiprops, all are filled insights and knowledge on the subject. And my personal and added bonus of hearing CJ and I are in total agreement. Brandon, my war colleague and fellow Metallica devotee, is a complete dick. <laughs> Number three, comfort films. I'm a huge mm. lover of my comfort films, and hearing you both share yours was an incredible, joyable, enjoyable experience for us, for us all. I honestly thought I was the only person on earth that remembered one of mine, The Wizard. A highly underrated classic with a fantastic soundtrack that I never would have discovered had it not been for my teenage crush on Christian Slater. Mm. I am forever and will be grateful to you both for all your hard work with hundreds of hours of incredibly funny entertainment filled with such an interesting and intelligent conversation. You always bring to the Potoskew party each week an episode. I'm looking forward to many more years of shooting the shit and laughter from you both. Just know that your koala spawned from Oz will always be here eagerly counting down the days, hours, minutes until my next fix of funny from you all. Happy second pot out of... She wrote this for the anniversary, so she said, Happy second anniversary, CJ and Rico. Congrats, sirs, and keep them coming with massive birthday koala bear cuddles and much love, your co-respondent from Oz, Jay. Now, before you respond, Rico, I have one thing to do. Well, let's see here. Hold on. Did it do? Um, computers. Here we go. Hello. 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 I can't see anyone. Ah! <laughs> you want to tell? You want to tell her what you thought of her top ten list yourself? Oh, no way! <laughs> Hello, Dallas. G'day, Rico. How's it going? Greens from down under. I'm just kidding. I don't talk like that. Hello, Dallas. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Jay, nice to officially meet you. <laughs> oh, my God. I've already had a meltdown with CJ. Now I can have one with you. Oh, no meltdowns. We already talked about this. No meltdowns. You slippery bitch, CJ. How'd you do this? <laughs> no, we've been working it over the last week or so. Hold on. I can't believe it. Steph, here. Yeah, I'm green, Steph, green, Steph. 
Hello, CJ. <laughs> Jay, turn your camera on for me. Remember I told you how to do that? Okay, is it on? Oh, it No, it's on. not. Yeah. Oh, okay. How do I do that now? Down the, um, the camera oh. icon at the bottom. Yep, yep, yep. It's on. No, it's set on. Now it's off. There we go. Hit, now it's on. There we go. Is that yep. on? There you go. There she is. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, your camera's freezing like it was last night while we ran the uh, test, but that's okay. No, no, no. Leave it on. We can hear you just fine. Okay, okay cool. Hi, hi, Jay. This is Stephanie. Hi, Steph. Oh, my God. It's so good to hear you. I wish I could see you. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. There she is. <laughs> Hello. Hang on. My ca- I'll see if I can get my camera to work again. No, no, don't worry Hello. about that. Just look at your screen. You can see Steph. <laughs> Yeah, I can see I... Steph here. Yep, there Hello. You go. Hello, Steph. How are you, darling? I'm doing well. You're all decked out in Potoskew attire. Hell yeah. I do. <laughs> oh, I love my Potoskew shirt. It's my it's my holy grail. I love it. I get my boys. Sorry, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna give you back to Rico. Okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Talk to you soon. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> CJ, you may have actually gotten me, which very few people have done. You got me at a loss of fucking words, buddy. Yeah, I, I try. So this Yay. is um all right. Well, your list Okay, as, hit me with it. <laughs> as beautiful as it was written. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I am I mean you brought up a lot of great points because I was like oh yeah that's a that is a definite way of looking at crash and burn I would I you I know, knew I it was going to be crash and burn I knew it was going to be crash and burn okay keep me with it I think CJ <laughs> and I are both kind of like look we are grateful that we are doing this and we are grateful that we did crash and burn and and we're grateful that we released it because we were kind of if we're being honest. We released Crash and Burn because we really didn't have anything to release. We were kind of like, well, yeah, I, I was. I think we were having tech issues or something, and we couldn't record or whatever. But we had that already recorded, so it was like we can at least upload. So let's let's put that out, so we have content to put out. Yeah, it, it was more of like, ah, oh, fuck it, let's see what happens, and that, and that really kind of is just how. CJ and I became friends and partners at this. Yeah. And it's like, ah, eh, fuck it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> um, but I, I was always kind of like, ah, that episode, no one should listen to that episode. We, we were like, ah, if we release our pilot, do you think people lose our one fucking listener that is us? Yeah. Like, do you think we'll just, do you think we'll quit <laughs> the show if we listen to our pilot? And, and, but you honestly, you, you gave me a different point of view. I'm like, okay, yeah, it, it is the Genesis. It's, Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great way and it's a fresh take to how to look at it because you can you could listen to all of Potoskew and then go back to that one and you'd be like, oh, fuck. Well, they, they still had something. They had a charm. They had a spark. But and and see, that's how I got it, because I thought I'd listen to all of them. And then CJ and I said, you guys should really put out like a first ever Genesis episode. And CJ goes, we did. And I'm like, hang on, what? And he <laughs> sent it to me and I've listened to it and it happened to just be the night that um, Jody and I first ever discovered the wonders of porn askew, putting porn and pot askew together. Yeah. So thus it became the uh, – well, that was why it was announced at the party. Isn't this the one that we listened to while we were watching Pornhub and, and things led on from there and porn askew was born? <laughs> but it genuinely is the 
the one that I, I think, besides the Stefescu 2, which you guys talked about your fandom of Kevin and how it evolved and how you found him, I just think you guys really, it really was the um, the encapsulation of, of, of the magic you guys create together. And, and I love it. I dearly love it. I put it on when I'm cleaning the house. I put it on when I'm doing the dishes and I play it for everybody. And, oh, you've got to use this. I've got to use this. I do pick other ones for people. I pick ones that I knew you guys would prefer to be heard. But I no, genuinely love we it. We wanted your top I, 10, though, not ones that we wanted you to pick. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, I meant for other people. I always play ones for, you know, I, I'll pick ones like if I know they're Kevin Smith fans, I'll say, oh, well, have you heard? You know, Marilyn Gigliotti, have you heard, you know, um, you know Scott Schiaffo? I- I'll play them all. I-, I literally play them all. And it's, it's, I love telling people about Potoski. I'm sorry. <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah. yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You know, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, you're, you ain't going to hear any fucking complaints from us, man. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, oh, no, please, no more pot of skew. No. How dare like you Like my new cab driver, who's been absolutely wonderful, I, I, I've turned him onto it. I said, you've got to listen to pot of skew. He said, I don't listen to podcasts. He said, but my best friend does. I said, right, pot of skew, write it down. And, yep. Straight away, he said, "Oh, yeah, he 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 liked that one, the the blue mini, I think." Oh I dear! Went, oh god! Oh god! No! <laughs> well, he like, one, please. Yeah, if you I, confess what the blue mini was. Yeah, I really do. I said, "Well, actually, not anything about that." Um, <laughs> so did, my didn't he meet Jojo? Ah, um, <laughs> 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 probably. He, uh, well, actually, he's. Um, I shouldn't be saying this on air, but hopefully, when he is. He's kind of married and... Well, that's not what I meant. I'm seeking, just saying... Didn't, seeking didn't you... a woman, if you catch my drift, and he asked me about JoJo, actually, so... No, well, but I thought... I think that I, may be on the menu. Maybe. I thought... But no, but that's not what I meant. I just thought maybe you guys... I thought you guys shared a cab together with him once, one. Like, you two both were in we the did, cab. Uh, we were actually all in the cab. Uh, Cass, Becca... Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so he has actually, yeah. Well, that—that's all I meant, Jay. I wasn't yeah. going to weird <laughs> for God, the private. Remember, the last month has literally been a blur. I've been, oh, it's been a chaos, as you know. <laughs> yeah, so. fuck us. How are you, Jesus? Well, um, let's getting there. Getting there. It's been an interesting, interesting two months actually. But yeah, um, yeah getting there. Getting there. Um, doing it on my own, and yeah, loving it. So, yeah. CJ, you're such a prick. I literally like thirty, <laughs> like like one minute ago, I was like, I wish Jay would respond to my message, and boom, there she is. Yeah, I know. That's what made it even funnier. So. You son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I I love you. Can I, know I just you say do. I'm loving actually seeing you guys do this? This is my dream come true. Uh, <laughs> I I'm just grateful. Aim for better dreams. Aim for better dreams, Jay. Aim for better dreams. No, no, this is it. This is my dream. I wanted this, and I wanted to do the whole, get it, Rico, as a girl, mate. I wanted to pull the whole Aussie on him, but yeah. 
wait, I didn't understand what the fuck you just said. The Aussie she pulled at the beginning when she first came on. Yeah. Got it. Um, Jay, did did you do you have the the answers available that we talked about yesterday? Yes, I do. I do. Okay, so Rico she she also in the letter that I was reading you with the top ten list, she took a great joy in when we did James Lipton's list of the ten questions. So she gave me, she wrote me her answers because we hadn't at the time had this plan. So I was going to read them. But since she's here, I get to do them myself. Yeah. Do you, do you want one of us to ask you the questions? I'm going to, I'm going to ask her the questions. Yeah. I have them here. So, um, unless you want to try to do your best James Lipton. Uh, what sound or not? No, yeah, don't. That's terrible. Okay. I I just, I just. I just have to sound very intensely dead. <laughs> dead. Wow. I mean, okay. all right, here's, here's my impression of James Lipton. Ready? Oh, come on. That's terrible. <laughs> Jesus. All right. You have to do me your Joker before we go, though. I have to see you do the Joker. I could do James Lipton as Joker. No, I don't. Do don't. No, don't do that. But at least give her some Joker you know, before it, before we leave. It, it all on. honestly, I I honestly think I should retire Joker for for a little bit. No, I, no, no I'll do Joker now. But yeah. I I every time I do it, I see CJ roll his fucking eyeballs so hard <laughs> that I think he can actually use them as propellers to fly. <laughs> um, all right. Let, wait, don't no, don't do it now. Let's let's we'll save that for the end. Okay, so. Jay, number one. Okay. What is your favorite word? Love. It has to be love. <laughs> okay. Number yeah, two. Love. What is yeah. what is your least favorite word? Hate. I hate that word. I hate the word hate. <laughs> I I kind of knew you were. I was like, she's yeah. gonna say hate. <laughs> yep. I hate. It. I always say despise, dislike. I I really don't like using the word hate. I really do. Okay. okay. What. <laughs> I'm, I, I I'm lo- nervous about the next one. <laughs> I love your answer to this. So if you don't say exactly what is written here, I'm going to re-answer for you. But <laughs> I will what, say it. I will say it. What okay. turns you on? Pornhub. Just kidding. Just kidding. Tickles, cuddles, and sneakers. <laughs> is that not the same as fucking Pornhub? <laughs> <laughs> no. I <laughs> guarantee. I- I've seen. <laughs> Bullshit! I guarantee you have searched in Pornhub cuddles and smooches. Uh, we 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 finally, thanks to Smokey, found um uh, sensitive or you know it, that was a little more closer to cuddles and smooches, but no, so, most of us just banging hardcore banging. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> fuck this. All right. Hey, it's the BDSM sections. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, what turns you off? Drama. Big oh, time. Oh, you must oh. love the shit that I say. <laughs> oh, no. You're wonderful, Rico. You never turn me off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I just... Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> no, she'll, she'll probably agree. All right. <laughs> Oh crap! I lost my choice here. Um, number sound five. What? Number five, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sound you love. Yeah. What sound laughter. or noise do you love? Laughter. I love laughter. More laughter the merrier in the world. Definitely. 
Okay. What sound or noise yeah. do you hate? My howling neighbor's bloody dog. I can't stand it. Constantly. All day, all night. Drives me insane. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know that? Oh, think. Oh, God. At midnight, you're trying to sleep. It's the worst. I do a great impression of a dog in the background. Listen. That's that creepy was... good. <laughs> that's like that's like a dog over the hill kind of like <laughs> like huh there's a dog over there it sounded like it was right next to me so i'm not sure well you have yeah it, it, well i can't do it any quiet <laughs> um okay shut your dog up um <laughs> i put the dog to sleep i'm sorry <laughs> oh uh, that's too soon uh, too soon yeah. yeah what is your favorite curse word Come. After all, what else is there? Come. It's got to be come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I lost Rico. Yeah. <laughs> Good. What else is there? What else is there? Come. <laughs> and then you combine it. Fucking come. You know, it's, it's a great combo. It goes with everything. Come. I mean, you want, you, you, we come from there and we want to get back as often as possible. I yep. mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I have one, so I don't really need to get back there. But you she's know, got I, a point. I, hear. I, I hear. think I, there, you know, I have to, I have to defend the vagina for one second. <laughs> oh, hey, please! Calling <laughs> a, a vagina a cunt is yeah. not really. I mean, for Americans, it's kind of a tasteless thing, unless you're like, I'm gonna talk dirty and no holds bars kind of thing. But like. A vagina shouldn't even be called a vagina. Vagina sounds too rough for what I agree. it is. So cunt, especially even with an Australian or a Brit or an American say it, it still sounds like what it shouldn't be. Cunt has like a cunt sounds like like a medieval weapon that a fucking orc would carry. Yeah, but it is straight we use it as like, ah, you fucking cunt. Ah, get out of the fucking way, you fucking cunt. Look, it's literally a, a, an abusive term, but, you know, oh, kiss my cunt. No, you know? I'm, not, I'm not saying that you're not wrong. I think it's perfectly acceptable to call your friends and your fucking parents or the worst person that you hate a fucking cunt. But yeah, you're gonna go, oh, my fucking gun hurts. Or, oh, shit, that's hurting my fucking gun. Watch out, I'm sitting up, it's my fucking gun. But it's just cunt. That's where it, that's where it's acceptable. But when you're like, just oh, you know, I I feel like having a dick in my cunt. It just sounds. First off, it sounds weird coming out of my mouth. <laughs> um, but I, you know, a, a, the vagina is such a fucking lovely goddamn thing. It should be called a fucking. Oh. It should be called a fa la 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 la. Even oh, that, la 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 la. It's it, it should you know it has like spicy. <laughs> like look and feel to it i mean it's just it's i can only imagine the look on steph's face right now has gotta be i mean i don't even think she's got her headphones on she's like i want to hear this shit when we actually release this bullshit there you go but but like i mean it should be i mean i'm not trying to stonewall the fucking conversation here i'm I'm just like it's it. it just i mean pussy is kind of like it needs there's just no real word for what the vagina should be. It should just be 
you know, a butterfly kiss. It should be electric velvet. It should be a fucking, you know, the softest, nicest, warmest, fucking cuddliest thing ever. And and we abuse and we abuse the fuck out of it. (laughs) Well, I can say I've definitely abused mine over the years, but um, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) But I think that's lovely. That's a very lovely sentiment. And um, yes, you've corrected me in my ways, but it'll always be cunt to me. That's fine. You can you can call your thing a cunt as much as you want. I think cunt is great to like be like oh, you know. It, it, you're right. It's a term of endearment, but I think I think vagina's got a bad fucking rap, man. I hate that word. I I I'm not a fan of pussy because when I hear pussy, I'm looking for my finny bear. I'm I'm looking for my pussy cats. I'm not looking for her down there. So you know. So you're, you're like, I, I don't like want to call it and bubble fly. I like that. That's cool. I like that. I mean, but so like, I don't want to call it pussy because it makes me think of a cat. What the fuck is a cunt? <laughs> well, what, I mean, what is, how did cunt become a thing? That's the, that's my question. Who was, who was like, that is an angry pussy. That that's what to me. Cunt sounds like, it sounds like a really angry pussy. <laughs> oh, I must have an angry pussy. Cause mine's a cunt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what can I say? I, 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 <laughs> it, it's it's on the air now, so it must oh, be that's true. It. Yep, that's right. I've got an angry pussy, I guess. I, I, I see. I just said pussy. There you go. See, angry cunt, angry pussy. What? Whatever takes your fancy, Rico. I'm sure Steph loves being called a velvet butterfly. That's lovely. A velvet butterfly. That I mean, I actually said electric velvet and then a butterfly kiss, but I'll put I, it together. A, a velvet butterfly, Steph. You there have you a go. velvet. You have a velvet butterfly. How, do, how does that make you feel? <laughs> silence is golden oh she actually this is i tell her that she has a velvet butterfly she gives me the definition of cunt so um <laughs> wait 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 no wait we just went through a list of a hundred movies and she didn't fact check shit but she looks up the definition of the word cunt that's a good point Listen, <laughs> fact checker you didn't fact check any of the movies and any things we did help on then but you know what if we need the definition of cunt whoa will stuff help us out <laughs> Jesus. Okay, I, I'm looking at it. I'm I I know how to read. <laughs> Fucking, this is what oh, you mean. I got it. All right, twelve. Whoa, cut is old. This is an old ass cut. <laughs> it's twelve seventy five to thirteen twenty five. That's the area of where cunt is established. Oh my god. Middle English kunte. Not Kunta Kinte, but Kunte. Oh, God. Cognate with Old Norse Kunta, Old Frisian, Middle Low German, Middle Dutch Kunta. Uh, I love how it gives like is this, like an example. And then it says, see also, gash. <laughs> oh, my God. Gash, I got to say, sounds probably a little worse than cunt. That is worse than cunt. Uh, yeah, Definitely. I agree. Gash um, is how you make a cunt if you're not like a doctor. Oh, oh yuck! <laughs> Leatherface can make a gash. Beautiful. All right, what's the next question? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know now. Um, um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, well, not unlike Kevin, filmmaker, writer, director. Of course, that was what I wanted to do in high school, but my mom told me I couldn't. And I had to go and do business school. I did neither. I went and got a sales job. <laughs> well, she was wrong anyway. So, anyway. Yep. 
What profession would you like not to do? Actress, as you can see. Too ugly for cameras, and even my computer says so. So, actress, definitely. <laughs> are, are, am I? Is it just me? Are, are you aware that you're frozen? No, she is aware. She, it's her, we had a trouble with the test last night too. It's her, okay. Yeah. All right. You're you're not ugly. No. I just can't. I, you know, I just haven't seen any other expression. Yeah, you're frozen, so we have one expression. Um, which well, at, least you're sm- at least you're smiling as you're frozen. I mean, yeah, I- yeah. I'm sorry. All right, now Rico, she she slightly altered this one, and I feel like she did it for you. Which I so I'm gonna read it as altered. No, no, you'll like this. Um, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? If you believe in that sort of thing, that's acceptable. You're welcome, Rico. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you did good down there. Welcome home. That's I like that's that's actually the best answer I've heard to that question I think ever. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> I like I, I, it's very good. I still do like I like Harrison Ford's where he's like, "You're much better looking in person." That was good. Really? I I I I did like that one. I also like Robbins. I think Robbins was there seating down front. The show starts yeah. at four or something like that. It's Mozart, Elvis, and Jimi Hendrix or something. Yes, it was some weird combination of actors and actresses. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's Jay's answers to the Lipton top ten. Thank you so much for indulging me. I as soon as I heard the episode, I'm like, gee, wonder what I did. And I had pretty much most of them in my head already while you guys were answering, and I was loving every one of your answers. And I'm like, I would have said this. I want to say that. I want to say that's it. It's got to go in a letter. It's got to go in a letter. So thank you. <laughs> no, no worries. I can't believe I, I can't believe we spent ten minutes talking about cunt. Um, I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greetings from Oz, everyone. Let's talk about cunt. <laughs> yep, basically. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, but that's where we are, Rico. That's that's Jay's. Jay's list of top ten favorite Hotteskew episodes and her answers to James Lipton's questions. Well, I now let me ask Jay a question. Okay. What's the what is an impression of mine that you absolutely love, and what's an impression that you absolutely hate? Oh God. Uh oh. <laughs> hey, I could I could have asked her opinion about Halloween, CJ. Yep. You can if you like. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with CJ. I'm with CJ. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You are a cunt. Yes, I am a cunt. And I don't like Halloween either. I can't stand it. I love some of the other horror movies. I'm not an anti-horror movie like CJ, but I don't like Halloween. I just don't. I don't know I... what it is. It's just, it's hokey. It's really hokey to me. I'm sorry, Rico, but I don't. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> Depends on how you're going to answer the impression question I asked. Okay. Oh, geez. Okay. Um. Well, I, as you know, I absolutely adore your Joker. I adore your. I think you're better than the original Joker. I love it. Are you, do you mean Caesar Romero? Last week was a little. Um. Yeah. Not as good as the other ones. I know CJ loved it, but. No, I still say the Joker. It rules my world. Uh, I think it's better than the original. I really do. Do you mean original <laughs> by like Cesar Romero Joker or do you mean Mark Hamill? Yeah, yeah. No, original. OC all the way. 
Well, thank you so much. I'd be happy to give you some Joker. (laughs) As far as I know, I think you live with a Joker, or at least you hang out with one. (laughs) I don't know what's worse. The fact that I had to have someone speak my voice, or the fact that you live with one who's just as insane as I am. Oh my god, you're brilliant, Rico. Your million voices are just brilliant. And as I said, Hollywood's missing out. Broadway's missing out. They need you, sir. They need you. I think I'd be kicked out of the fucking room and be like, well, my fan in Australia likes me. <laughs> That's right. And they'd be like, ooh. And I'm like, it's the chick who talks about her cut. Why can't you? <laughs> I would. I, I, oh I'm going to be known as the chicken popular. First I'm, I'm the chick that has the blue meanies, and now I'm friggin' the cunt woman. Oh, God. You're a super cunt. <laughs> I put a big C on my tits. Yay! <laughs> no, you, yeah, I mean, I was just saying you put, like, a K, just <laughs> get past the censors, but then, I don't know, I think K is also not a very good-looking letter either. No, but she's a koala spondent, so she's a cunty koala spondent now, you know. <laughs> A cunty koala spotted. I like that. CK. <laughs> no, KK. <laughs> I just imagine a fucking koala as like a giant vagina. <laughs> like, it's, well, it's not a good image. Well, you do know that koalas have chlamydia. They have a, a massive problem with chlamydia down here in koala breeds. Yes. I, I'm yeah. telling you the truth. It is. It's it's a, a real problem. And um, who's koalas, fucking koalas? What we want to know. How we do you fuck a koala? Got, we want to know how they first got chlamydia in the first place. Like, who's been out in the bush rooting some koalas? Come on. I mean, how did they get chlamydia? But apparently, it's it's running through all the wild koalas. They try and save them and rescue them and place them in sanctuaries because they all get chlamydia. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. You can look it up. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to look it up. I believe you. I'm going to take, take that as, as face value. I want to just... <laughs> get the fuck? sexual organ fact checker on it because that's the only thing she seems to want to research. No, what, I'm kidding. What's, what's the Aussie expression taking the root? I mean, I knew fucking koalas fucking eat roots. I didn't know they were doing it to that extent and getting fucking gonorrhea and shit. Chlamydia. <laughs> no, well, they're having a root. Well, if Excuse root, root. me. <laughs> Chlamydia. Got, like, like, if you told me, oh, yeah, you know, some... Some fucking ruse have fucking gonorrhea. I'd be like, all right. I just it just goes to show Australia really is the most dangerous fucking place. It you got really? people, you got people fucking koalas. You got giant spiders, and you got fucking fires, and you got giant cunts like fucking. <laughs> giant cunts. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know about. Well, that could be the reason how they got the chlamydia. Now I'm thinking about giant cunts. Hmm, that's interesting. You know, I think with the giant cunts, there should have been lack of fire. You know, we've never been a really classy show, but for our 100th episode, just took a fucking dive off the cliff. Well, you had me on it. It was bound to. Our 100th episode is is a giant cunt. CJ here with a few thank yous and let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment.
Podeskew is a member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit their website, bigheadsmedia.com, and follow them on Twitter at bigheadsmedia. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. You fuck my wife, you fuck my wife, you fuck my wife, you fuck my wife, you fuck my wife. I am your wife. That doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. I say again, you fuck my wife. All right, yes, I fucked your wife. I am your wife and I fucked her. Yes.